Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Wake up! Wake up, idiot! All right, welcome in. It's a Tuesday, as always, broadcasting live from the drivehuber.com studios. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen, still looking good this morning. Got the hair popping. I'm Andy Sweeney. I paint all over my hands, which I can explain uh, as, as we go today. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. Excited. Rick Carlisle going to be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour as the Pacers get ready uh, for, you know, that kind of uh, back-to-back, if you will, with a day in between with the the Sixers. We had a great Monday night football ending last night. The AFC, Kevin, is a complete mess right now. It's a complete mess with the Bills especially losing last night. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good morning. I would like to think, yeah, my hair situation is indicative of what the AFC looks like uh, (laughs) right now. That was wild. You know, there's not many sporting events period that get Maddie Bowen to be awake at 11.30 at night, let alone to have like multiple audible gasps. Wow. But she had that last night wow. and watching that ending. Broncos football, Broncos and Bills football did that? Well, I, I would say uh, more ineptness, <laughs> right? Than anything, uh, probably not the, the most beautifully looking football by any means, but just a wild finish. And again, as crazy as this sounds, if you are a Colts fan, that's the result that you wanted. You wanted Denver to go into Buffalo and get that victory. And as we sit here, uh, now fully done with Week 10 and the Colts head to their bye week, they are one team. That's it. One team is above them uh, in the uh, playoff picture uh, until the Colts would be one of those final three wildcard teams. So good result for the Colts last night. Crazy ending. The Boilers get it done in West Lafayette as they now head to Hawaii for a loaded Maui field. And as Andy said, it is Pacers and Sixers tonight. And if you heard that this morning, I think that is Miles Turner waking up early, extra prayers in the morning as he saw the injury report and saw one Joel Embiid listed as questionable with a hip injury for tonight. Yeah, what does questionable mean? That's the that's the thing. Is it is he's got a little hip just in case uh, so they get ahead of it so they put that out there or is he actually like is he actually injured? Is he actually going to be limited tonight at any point? That's yeah, the question. I, I, I'm kind of like I don't really know the Embiid reputation. Obviously he's battled injuries in his career, but I don't like for a 7 foot dude that, you know, would strike me as someone that probably gets off injured. Um, I would think to myself He's not one that just rests to rest, but then I do look at the schedule, Andy, and tomorrow night, it's a back-to-back nationally televised with the Celtics. Isn't there something in that where, like, <laughs> you the can't NBA, miss the nationally televised game, right? The NBA wants you to play in those games right. more than the game tonight, which yeah. is great news for the Pacers. They want you to skip the Bally's game, but yeah, they want exactly. you to be on right. ESPN yeah. or TNT. Yeah, broken yeah. app, you sit. <laughs> uh, nationally televised, worldwide leader, you play. 
Um, so that will obviously be something to keep an eye on throughout the day. By the way, speaking of Bally's, uh, we got to get this out. And that's one totally, I, I just totally, I totally blanked on getting it this morning. Over the weekend, did you see that guy in Dallas who's on Bally's in Dallas crush James Harden? Did you happen to no. see that? He's like, you're not, he's like, you're not the beard. You're not the process. You're a nothing. Basically did an essay crushing James Harden. I'd rather him uh, crush Bally, to be honest Well, Bally's you. pulled it from the app. No, <laughs> yeah, They pulled it from the app. So we should play that in honor of Bally's pulling that from the app. Maybe in the 9 o'clock hour we do that. Uh, but obviously lots to talk about. Bob Kravitz going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Rick Carlisle going to join us as well. Uh, you know, we, we just mentioned it here. Uh, field goal goes wide right. 12 men on the field. Unbelievable. Four turnovers by the Bills. The penalty at the end. The defensive call at the end. I mean, just starting the game. The Bills are a complete mess. And, and you know, the only the only thing, obviously it relates to the Colts because you know the Bills moved to five and five uh, in the the NFC I feel like KB is is done I mean the seven seed whether it's Minnesota Tampa Bay it's why Tampa Bay now with the Niners this week the Colts coming up uh, here in in a couple weeks you know I, I mean I really think it is down between Minnesota Tampa Bay I, I think that's it I, I mean quite quite frankly that's it and you could even say you know Josh Dobbs wins another couple games it's done we know uh, who is going you know who are the seven teams going to be in the NFC the AFC good God is a mess <laughs> I I mean, it is, uh, it's unbelievable. If you're the, if you're the Colts, it's interesting that, you know, with some of the games, including, you know, I look at Cleveland, the games that have not went their way. I mean, Cincinnati's right ahead of them in the eighth seed. You play Cincinnati in a few weeks. You get the Houston Texans uh, at the end of the week. You get the Pittsburgh Steelers, who yeah. right now are the five seeds. So, you get the Raiders. I mean, you get so many of these teams that are in front of you or around you. You know, we last, last week we kind of did the thing, if they would have beat the Browns, how the season would have looked. And then the other thing I think last night is, now nationally they're talking about, is the Super Bowl window closed for the Buffalo Bills? And, you know, they had four, I would really say three years where you would put them in the Super Bowl uh, contender, leading in the final seconds in Kansas City, losing that game ultimately in overtime. When we talk about, like, what the Colts are trying to do, build a team, Anthony Richardson, trying to get those years, whether it's him on his rookie contract or not, trying to get those years of where you have a window. You saw it here with Andrew Luck. Obviously, when you had Peyton Manning and that team, uh, your window is, is much more open, but it's kind of been three years. The Bills are going to have to readjust. It's, it's a lesson for everybody, including a building team like the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, typical hero ball from Josh Allen last night at so many unnecessary moments of the game the late first half interception. I'm like, what in the world is he doing, even attempting that throw there? Uh, Russell Wilson actually looked good last night. Not bad. I say that in all seriousness, um, but just a crazy finish for those that did not stay up for it. um, Basically, there was a, what, a third and 10 with 20-some seconds to go in the game. Denver is out of field goal range. So at this point, they need to get into field goal range they would either need to, if they don't get the full first down, they'd have to run their field goal unit on the field and kick a bomb, which in that wind is probably not going in, or they need to get the first down and then get up and spike it and then run the field goal unit on there. And Russell Wilson heaves one up, and I call that the Carson Wentz highlight from 2021, Andy. <laughs> the best play that Carson Wentz had as a Colt was the underthrown deep ball 
where the wide receiver comes back to the ball, right. the DB's momentum takes him into the receiver, boom, it's a 30-yard penalty, and everyone rejoices. That's exactly what happened to the Bills last night at a critical moment. Then they do like the kneel down, you know, try to center the ball in the middle of the field, and they run their field goal unit on. Buffalo has 12 men on the field as Will Lutz, the Denver kicker, misses wide right from 41 yards. That gives the Broncos another chance. 36-yarder for the win. It is good. And they were down. They were down one after they had botched two extra point attempts throughout the game. So just a wild ending in Buffalo. The Bills are now 5-5. and And to your point, Andy, you look at the AFC, third to 14th. There are 16 teams in the AFC. Third to 14th, separated by two games. Yeah, it's a mess. Other than the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots, everyone wakes up today with a little bit more of a chance, right? Like the Cincinnati Bengals wake up today feeling a little bit better about, you know, Tyler Boyd wakes up feeling better about, hey, I dropped a touchdown that would have been the game winner against Houston. We have second life. Uh, Did you watch into the Boilers last night? I watched some of them, yeah. I I mean, I'm going to be locked in on Maui, by the way. That I mean, is the, such a loaded yeah, the, field. The Maui field's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, I just at some point today I want to dive into with you. You know, I feel I feel pretty good about Purdue. They're a difficult team for me just because it's going to be so much about March. We know they're going to win a bunch of games. We know Edie is going to be right there for for National Player of the Year. And, and I hate to do this to Hoosier fans. We got to dive into the Hoosiers. We didn't do so much yesterday because we had to react to the Colts and other things going on. The Pacers playing Sunday night against the Sixers, but I'm worried about the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, I'm worried they're not a they're not a tournament team. They have a lot of work to do, and the schedule is going to be picking up here starting in Game Four. So I want to dive into that as well. And then something was said about Jerry Judy on last night's going back to the NFL. Something was said last night on Jerry Judy that I want to get your thoughts on as well. When they talked about all the guys, remember the remember the Broncos were going to trade everybody. Remember they were going to trade Sertan, and they were going to trade who else? Uh, uh, Judy, Judy, and they were you know Cortland Sutton was on the trading block, and all these guys. By the way, Sutton had a beautiful touchdown catch last night, so I want to dive into that as well. And later on this hour, we have Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett sound, who's loving on some Indiana Pacers. Pacers So we got to dive into that as well. Yeah, last night Purdue over Xavier, eighty three seventy one in West Lafayette. Zach Eady missed his first four shots from the field. And then you look at the box score at the end of the night, it's like, wait, 28, 11, and 4 for Zach Eadie. Just a, a bit ho-hum, if you can even have that, with such a stat line. I do, I was a little skeptical offseason-wise in that the only addition they made was a dude from Southern Illinois, really. And, and I guess credit to Miles Colvin, that, I should point that out, as um, as a freshman that they brought in. But Lance Jones, a transfer from Southern Illinois, he is in the starting lineup for Ethan Morton. I actually think he gives them a little bit more. Like, Morton at times was such a liability last season, um, particularly on the offensive end of the floor. And Jones last night, he scored a little bit. He didn't shoot it great. Uh, but he yeah, also he's, had not, a, he's not going to score 15 a game. No, but right. he, he just gives him something a little different. I mean, Purdue did not make substantial personnel changes from last season. And, and really, they didn't have to. Uh, but that is the one, and you know he had a handful of assists and kind of gives you another ball handler if you want to bring Braden Smith off the ball. Xavier hung around, and that's a very new look. I mean, we talk about how new look Indiana is. Xavier is a very new look as well. Uh, they hung around for about 30 or so minutes, and then Braden Smith really put that game away in a couple-minute sequence with a couple pull-up jumpers, a big assist on a three. 
in transition. So uh, Purdue, again, beats Xavier. Now they head to Maui, and it will be in the Maui field, which, again, is played on the main island this year. After the fires in uh, in Maui a few weeks, or I guess a few months ago at this point, you've got the number one team, Kansas, mm-hmm. number two team, Purdue, mm-hmm. four, Marquette, seven, Tennessee, 11, Gonzaga. What's UCLA? Are they preseason? I need to look I that up. I think they were just outside uh, just outside. 25. I know they were retooling. Mick Cronin's had a couple good teams there. Do you remember what you said about Purdue Xavier yesterday in the check down? Every, I couldn't I think, believe it was 15 and a half. Was it oh, was the spread? I thought he was 11 and a half. No, I thought oh, it was okay. 15. Because it ended up being 12, and I go, Kevin I go, Kevin couldn't believe it was 11 and a half, and the game ended up being a 12-point game. Vegas says, watch this. <laughs> I'm going to get the last Because you know that's what that. I was watching. Yeah, well, if you had Xavier, you've certainly felt good, I think, throughout that game. Uh, Braden Smith, the Westfield product, 12.7 assists and 6 rebounds. Again, I'm curious to watch more of Lance Jones. Does he, you know, is there something different that he provides them? I I do think he brings a little bit more than what they had in the starting lineup. Um, How much will that matter? Can that be a difference maker as they continue to progress through their schedule? Um, So the loaded non-conference, which really continues after this. I mean, they still have, uh, remember they play Alabama up in Canada? Uh, in a few weeks, they've got Arizona, who's ranked number three in the land, right here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We've seen Arizona win in Cameron Indoor, uh, and tonight is that Champions Classic. Uh, it has been in the home of the Pacers before. It's up at uh, the United Center tonight. So that's Duke, Kansas, Michigan State, Kentucky, those four teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, w- I was hoping I was going to get to to go tonight. I mean, I, I'm kind of upset that it's not in Gamebridge, that it's in Chicago. It's How in does Ch- that work? Is I, it, I don't know. It's just a rotation, right? Does it just those two? I, I mean, that's all that I remember it being, right? Did it, I don't think it went to a third place. I'm trying to remember now, but I just, I don't think it ever went to a third place. But I was there last year. Uh, I had bougie tickets from a Kansas booster last year. So Ooh. I didn't even, I didn't even slow it up with the media although i think i did go backstage and get something part of the adidas uh, issues there in lawrence (laughs) you don't worry issues what do you mean issues (laughs) swept under the rug we got a national title what are you talking about the coach only lost a couple games uh but i really really wanted to go to watch kansas beat up on kentucky and to be there in gamebridge while every blogger from uk was there and had to watch their team lose to hunter dickinson who they lost out to to bill self that's what i really wanted tonight now you you mentioned earlier you're curious about Indiana coming up next week. Are any worry about Thursday night in Wright State? I, I say that in all seriousness. No, I just listen. I, I'm just you know. Listen, we can talk about this more. I mean, we need to not like. I'm all about. It does matter a little bit in how you play, right? Like that does matter. A win is a win, and so I'm not saying that Indiana, you know, them them winning the game, they should they should apologize for it, or they didn't win the game or anything else, but. I'm not sure they're a six-man basketball team right now. I mean, their entire bench, and I understand you could say, well, Andy, you know, I, I got into several wars with Mike DeCourcy over this. My, he's like, bench scoring is overrated. Okay, well, how are your starters doing, right? And Mackenzie Mbako has been benched in back-to-back games, basically. Not a part of the game plan in the second half. I mean, you're already having to worry about him if you're an Indiana fan. And guys like C.J. Gunn aren't doing, I'm using him, and I'm probably picking on him as an example aren't doing anything. I mean, these guys aren't doing anything and you're relying on 
you know, I mean, non-guards, I mean, for the most part. You're relying on Gabe Cubs to come off the bench and kind of save you in the final 10 to 12 minutes. Right now, Indiana doesn't look like an NCAA tournament team. It doesn't mean they don't have a couple good players. They do. I love Khalil Ware. I think Mbako will finally get it. Actually, Xavier, like Cubs. Yeah, I mean, Cubs is, is, is a fine player uh, as a true freshman. Xavier Johnson, of course, is, is well, we understand that he is a good player as well, but I mean, you know, all these other teams have a bunch of good players as well. Just because you have three or four doesn't mean that makes you special. Doesn't mean that if Khalil Ware can score 20 and grab 10 rebounds, that's going to be enough to win these yeah, Khalil games. Khalil Ware is not dunking over a bunch of dudes no, from I just, Army night I, I just, I'm just, I'm just kind of worried that the first couple games, you hope it's just that. It's a new team. You got some young guys. Guys like TJD are gone, but I just, to me, you look at it, you got to have some guards, and they don't have the guards, period, right now. I, I just, to me, they get in that Big Ten schedule where you're playing those two, three games a week. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't, I don't want my nervousness to go unaccounted for because we have had Pacers and obviously Colts all weekend. Yeah, November college basketball nerves don't mean as much as kind of New Year college basketball sure. nerves. But I think there are some reasons to have early season skepticism, certainly in Bloomington. Butler rolls last night as well. We'll touch on that here in a few. Plenty to get to on this Tuesday morning. As Andy said, Rick Carlisle, per usual, 8 a.m. He is obviously in Philadelphia. It'll be the Pacers and Sixers tonight. Philly favored by five and a half in that one. Again, Joel Embiid, questionable for tonight with a hip injury. Bob Kravitz at 9 o'clock. If we have time, certainly a couple, I think, interesting Colts items to touch on as well as they head to their bye week. Shane Steichen will meet the media today before they are uh, off for good throughout their bye week. Good Tuesday morning to you. Thanks for spending it with us. It is the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, your check down coming up. Reminder, in about a half an hour, Rick Carlisle going to join us. The Pacers there in Philly. Joel Embiid going to be questionable in that game. We'll talk about that with the coach coming up at the top of the hour. Monday night football, week 10, finally in the books. Bills drop to 5-5 five and five on the season. 24-20 losers to uh, Russell Wilson, Sierra, and the Denver Broncos. Game-winning field goal, Will Lutz. Here's how it sounded on KOA. For the win. Lutz kicks it on the way, and it is good! The Broncos can celebrate because they have come to Buffalo and upset the Bills by a final score of 24-22. to uh, Broncos move to 4-5, and five, so Sh- uh, Sean Payne has a little bit of mojo going. The AFC, we talked about it, is a complete mess. Four turnovers for Buffalo. Two of those, Josh Allen, not good enough. And just a wild finish. 12 men on the field. Will Lutz missed the first field goal, got a mulligan for that second one. They were down, so they had to make the kick. Down one there. Just a crazy, crazy finish. And boy, you imagine what Buffalo Sports Radio is like this morning. Uh, it has not been a good year for the Bills. Uh, all right, shifting gears. Last night in West Lafayette, it was Matt Painter and the Boilermakers of Purdue getting an 83-71 win over Xavier. Zach Eady missed his first four shots of the field, and after that, he was Zach Eady. 28 points, 11 rebounds, uh, and four blocks for him. Again, said in the opening segment, I, I like what Lance Jones brings Purdue. I know he didn't shoot it great, but the newcomer from Southern Illinois uh, is able to do, I think, a variety of things and really kind of gives them a little bit of a jolt 
in that starting lineup. Braden Smith, per usual, uh, was very, very solid. And the Heritage Christian product, Miles Colvin, three of three from behind the arc. I think Boiler fans have got to like that off the bench. And now it is out to the islands of Hawaii for a loaded, loaded Maui Invitational. That starts on Monday. It'll be Gonzaga. Other top 10 ranked teams there, Kansas, obviously Purdue, Marquette, and Tennessee. So a loaded field coming up for the boys. That's always such a great field. Oh, I love it. I it, love it. But it, I, it I really like, is. I don't like in recent years they've shifted the starting times a little bit. I always liked the the 10 p.m. championship game the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, because you're staying up. You got yeah. no, you got nothing to do. Nobody's you got put work the, ki- the next yeah, day. Yeah, you put the kids to bed. Yeah, maybe you're you smoking some meat. Yeah, Mike I'm with Gray you. Took a shirt off in the post game locker room <laughs> yeah. after they won the Maui one year. Why don't I remember that? I should. I love Mike Bray, especially with no shirt. Not many iconic moments in Notre Dame basketball history. Mike so Bray to... shirtless. I'm he, looking he at it. The, I, I remember the Hawaiian lay. He did. He did. I'm looking at it. There you go. Right there. Colson was terrific. Yeah, who was on that team? Was that a Bonzi Colson and Bonzi Colson? Sure. I think they beat Wichita State, maybe, in the championship game there. Was that Greg Marshall? Yeah, boy. How's Greg Marshall's wife? How's good? Man, I was looking for the joke there. Greg Marshall's wife. She got ejected from this building right over here, I believe. (laughs) Was it Gamebridge she got ejected from? I just remember I did radio with Pat Forty, and there was, I don't know if it was a tournament or one of these big events where she was sitting literally like as close as we are, maybe closer, right behind Pat, and was screaming in his ear for two hours and 15 minutes straight. I love that. She she intimidates me. Uh, Butler over East Tennessee State last night, 81-47. That is three straight 30-plus point wins for the Bulldogs to start the year. They are at Michigan State coming up on Friday night. Yeah, just quickly to wrap up a couple other. I mean, the Oilers score last night. Arkansas won, Miami won, Houston won, Arizona, obviously Purdue beating Xavier. Villanova, number 21, did fall at Pennsylvania. They fell at Penn, so that's worth noting. And then tonight, again, Carlisle joins us at 8 o'clock. Pacers, five and a half point dogs, KB. The over-under there at 240 and a half. I say we hammer the Pacers with Joel Embiid questionable. Well. What are your thoughts? I, I'm, I tell you what. I Let's think it's, it's worth. Fo- I tell you what's worth following. Well, at least by the half point up to six. I tell you what's worth following. How many times the Pacers hit the over? Because I feel like it's. I feel like it's been. If it hasn't been every game, maybe one game, two games they've missed out on. Now that would be the thing. Are you? You know, you're not going to get 50 points from Maxi tonight. At least you would hope if you're Rick Carlisle and company. And if Joe Allen B doesn't play or limited minutes, obviously that takes another. I mean, he's averaging 31, 32 a game against the Pacers. So you know, if he goes out there tonight, he's going to score 30 points. Uh, so maybe that would change as well. But boy, I tell you what, I look at you know 240. And a half and that t- you know I need uh, 121 120 I feel like I can get there with that now some people in the YouTube chat were mentioning Andy that they think Embiid will play tonight because it's the in-season tournament this is the second in-season tournament it's a fair point I, I, I mean do they care though I, I know I don't know if I, I'm fully there just no, yet I'm not um, again the 76ers have a back t- and this is a little bit of conspiracy theory hat on so I apologize for that um, but tomorrow night the 76ers play they have a back-to-back here that is Boston on ESPN. Tonight is not the nationally televised game. Do we see a rest for Embiid tonight after they just beat the Pacers and then play in the nationally televised game? Oh, I don't know. Or does the in-season tournament mean that much? I, maybe I'm totally misreading that situation. I does It doesn't strike me as like, 
Hell yeah. I'm going to, you know. There are guys who don't know anything about the in-season tournament <laughs> that are NBA players. And I get they you just show make up. some money, that, and it's some nice money, more for the end-of-the-bench guys than anything if you do win the in-season tournament. But I'm not like thinking Embiid couldn't sleep last night thinking about the in-season tournament. No, nah, the in-season tournament I think means nothing. They're 8-1 on the season. Uh, even if they lost to Indiana, they would be 8-2 with Boston coming up. Uh, and they probably feel like it will be a close game or they can win the game without Joel Embiid or with him playing limited minutes would be kind of my thought. I'm not saying I agree with that. If he doesn't play tonight and I can get Pacers plus six, I'll take it. Uh, Our coverage at 6.30. Again, this is the only game for the Pacers until Sunday when they're back inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse against the Magic. All right, on the other side, we've got some Colts items definitely to hit on as well. And uh, as Andy said earlier, Kevin Garnett's a big fan of watching the Indiana Pacers. Rick Carlisle at eight, Bob Kravitz at nine. Thank you for spending this Tuesday morning with us. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Coming up top of the hour, reminder, Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, will join us. Bob Kravitz will join us in the 9 o'clock hour wake-up call here on a Tuesday on the fan. Uh, KB, I wanted to throw one thing your way. We're going to get into some Colts here. I know you have a thought on Gardner Minshew, and obviously we talked in segment number one just about you know how everything changes in the AFC. The Bills losing last night was good for a number of teams. The Bills playing bad was good for uh, a number of teams, and the Colts obviously being one of those teams. I don't know if you saw this last night, so they were doing warm-ups and they were talking about you know the trade deadline and everything else, and and I don't know if they had a buy if this is the first Broncos game since then, and they were talking about you know Sertan and how the you know they you know they didn't want to trade him because he's one of the best corners in the entire league, right? Like you gotta have someone on your team, you gotta keep some of the good players on your team, and then they went to Jerry Judy, and the only reason I bring this up to you, did you happen to hear this conversation? I'm sure you didn't. This was before the game even started. No, I did not. Um, So Jerry Judy... It, it wasn't a name we were really talking about around here. It was just a wide receiver who, 
could have been traded, and so we men- we did our due diligence to mention it on Indie Sports Radio, uh, giving that the trade deadline was you know was right around Halloween, and they said that the best deal. Adam Schefter reported that the best deal that the Denver Broncos received for Jerry Judy was a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. And so I just want you to think about that through the eyes of covering the Colts and then also, I guess for me, for a guy who really doesn't have much production, a three and a five's not that bad, right? Am I wrong there? I'm like, damn, a three and a five. If you really didn't like him, I don't know. I mean, a third round pick that has a lot of value in the NFL. A lot of people think, and that could be easily, you know, obviously a top, you know, what, uh, 90 pick or, or whatever it may be, 85 pick, depending on what the team was. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? I didn't want Jerry Judy as a Colt. I, I don't think you did either. But a three and a five, and we talked about that. I don't know. At least that's a little bit interesting. Seems a tad rich. Um, right. I, I Did Judy do anything last night? I mean, what do you have, two or three catches? Um, no, I mean, Jerry Judy I mean, has Carlin been— Carlin Sutton was the one that made you know the, the, the bigger plays for Denver— um, he's got 30 catches this season, does Jerry Judy. I mean, that's what he has. He had three last night for 35. His season high is against Green Bay. There you go, Mark. Five catches, 64 yards. That's it. And if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that contract climbs big time for next year um, for Judy as well. What? As we're at the bye week, Alec Pierce, 18 catches in 10 games. Is that right. indicative of Alec Pierce or indicative well, of the quarterback play? I, I saw this. It's probably the quarterback play. I saw Stephen Holder standing up for, for Alec Pierce. You know, there's a reason he plays every single snap or almost every single snap. He is a widely respected guy in that locker room. He's a great blocker. All those things are true, and all those things I agree with. But you have to admit that his lack of numbers catching the football as a wide receiver is startling, yes? I, I think so. <laughs> even with, I, I even with the where, quarterback? Like, I understand where Steven is coming from. I, I, I do. And I think Anthony Richardson's presence in the starting lineup would be... I'd be very curious to see Alec Pierce. There would be with more. Deep, there would be more deep shots Correct. to Alec Pierce. There's no doubt about it. And again, it. Pierce doesn't need a lot of targets to impact the game. I mean, if you're a deep ball guy... And they throw three to you in a game, and you catch one for 35 yards, and you draw a pass interference penalty for 25. Right. That's impactful. And it obviously keeps the safety deep and those things. But still, I, I just, that is such a small number. I can't totally get away from it. Like they're peppering Michael Pittman with, with, yep. Pittman's with targets. Gonna, Pittman might have a career year. He might have the most well, catches in He's going to have the most, uh, you know, targets and catches of his entire career. One thing I did want to mention on Minshew, and it's very alarming to me. And this kind of dates back to the feel-good Minshew in September and, I guess, early October, Andy. He's coming in relief. He's he's the Mariano Rivera. Here he is out of the bullpen, and look how well he's playing. And to be fair, that was really accurate. You know, when Richardson got hurt, whether it was the Houston game or whether it was that Tennessee game, Minshew came in and was really flawless. I mean, efficient, didn't turn the ball over, um, much more of the back of the baseball card that he has been throughout the large part of his career. But when teams have had chances to game plan for him, Andy, he has not sniffed the normal kind of Gardner Minshew again. Let's go back to the baseball card numbers. Um, Just to throw a couple things at you. In relief this year, Andy, Minshew, 76%, no turnovers, quarterback rating of 109 
Yards per attempt is over eight. For those unfamiliar with those numbers, those are great numbers for a quarterback. When he has started games, that completion percentage drops 15%, 76 to 61. He has 11 total turnovers. Again, none in relief, 11 as a starter. Uh, His quarterback rating drops 30 points. His yards per attempt drops a full two. That is a big number. Two yards per attempt. I mean, they've hit him the last two games. Down to 6.4. So it's almost one of these things now where the teams get the full week. The blueprint is there. We load the box. We press man the Colts. We make Minshew get away from his first read. And again, he looks like a panicky, jittery, gun-shy quarterback that at the first sign of distress, he flees. And I don't know or believe that this is going to change. The thing that I, I I'm trying to remember what week it was. Like if those it are was, stark numbers. Yeah, if it was the Baltimore game, I'm trying to think if it was, you know, it was somewhere in the middle of the season here, the last few, the last month or so. I remember we did the conversation. I may have even brought up the topic of, okay, now that Minshew is going to be the guy, and we knew that Richardson was going to be out. The conversation was, does that change now that teams know that Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy and you know once they have time to game plan for him what is that going to look like right and I think that was the question that we had and at the time we figured the answer would kind of be like this that the numbers and the thought around Minshew would be different and now that we look at the last couple games and really the last I mean, what would you say? I mean, Cleveland, he had 305 yards, so it's hard, it's hard to go there. Uh, but the last several weeks, we have kind of felt that way. Even when he's put up big numbers, he's turned the ball over, which has negated so much of the yardage that he's put out there, the touchdowns that he's put out there. You know, I wrote down for a topic today. It's interesting you brought it up. Do you feel different about Gardner Minshew than you did. I mean, Gardner Minshew... I feel worse. Okay. Because it, it, and I think there's this misconception, Andy, of like, no, this is just who he is. Like, what we've seen over the last few weeks. No, no, no. This is worse than who he is. I want to make sure that like that is clear of the Minshew that we have seen here as a starter in right. 2023 is not the guy that we saw in Jacksonville when he started there. It's not even the guy that started a few games in Philadelphia. Like... The standard to which, and again, credit to Gardner Minshew, the standard to which he had kind of created for himself, high-end backup. Hell, he could start for a couple teams in the NFL. Right. He's not playing at that level. So I guess that's the question I have for Shane Steichen entering this bye week is, you have such a stark contrast between him in relief this year and him as a starter. And again, him as a starter has not even been at the level that he usually is. Why? How do you get back to his normal standard? I guess I feel like the Gardner Minshew that we saw in some of these games where we came in here the next day and we said, man, he's the best backup in the NFL and he could start for a number of teams. I, I that's that analysis probably also was wrong. Well, does that make sense? It's somewhere. Yes. It's somewhere. He's not. He can't be this bad. But at times, we also honored Gardner Minshew like he was a legitimate starter in the NFL. When the when the you know when the when the reality is, it's somewhere in the middle, which is why he's a good quality backup, and that's what he is. Does that make sense? Yeah. And plus, I'm curious, Andy, if we said that after 
Houston when, again, he came in in relief. Sure. And after Tennessee when he came in in relief. I mean, that's always a feel-good story. Oh, starter gets hurt during the game. Here comes the backup. He's warming up. Here he comes in off he's the got, bench. He's got long hair you and know. he likes jean jackets. And, you know, all, yeah, all the quite. You know, he, he didn't take any reps all week long. Right. And look at what right. he's doing. Minshew in the game. magic. He's already got. He's got a little verbiage that goes to his name. But what's the best game he started this season? Yeah, I mean, I mean, winning wise, it would be Baltimore because no turnovers. And but, Matt Gay saved his ass. And, like, and Matt Gay again, kicking like, 55 yard field goals. Yeah, there's not yeah. this ringing endorsement of like, that is the game. And, and we lost games last year as the Eagles starter, and that team was a Super Bowl team. Again, so, you there know. is a part of it of like, he is a backup quarterback, but I want to make sure that our audience realizes that like, even normal Minshew, we haven't seen. Like, he has played below his right. normal, normal standard as a starter. Now, again, you can look at that glass half full and say he can't play any worse. And I, I, I mean this like 98% serious. That dude needs to have the bye week of his life. That dude needs to act like it's little five hundred. He needs to act like it's seven Monon Bell week. Uh, seven Monon Bells. You're all about. Tailgates. You're all about like mind altering drugs for uh, Gardner Minshew over a seven day period. Have we decided Joshua Tree for a few days and then up to Vegas to cap the week? You ever seen the Sopranos? Remember when he when uh, Tony Soprano did peyote? Wasn't he out in the desert? Like that's that's the kind of thing you want to see Gardner Minshew do, which I appreciate. By I the think way. just Joshua Tree and he just kind of goes on a retreat for himself. Or, so nothing in Vegas. I was living with I, I, I a pack think, of coyotes. He's the Vegas guy. He doesn't come across as the Vegas guy. I would think guy. that'd be a good balance. You know, reset Joshua Tree and then just yeah. amp it up. I'd love to go to Vegas. Living right with now. the Earth. Vegas. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Flying to Palm Springs. It's a very small airport, but a beautiful area. All uh, I need is a knife and a hole, and I'm good. <laughs> Tom says something that I think I was trying to hit on yesterday. Again, I think he's gun shy, Andy. I think it's from the turnovers. Tom goes from. I agree. My perspective, Minshew seems to be focusing on not turning the ball over the last couple weeks. I think that's exactly what it is. I think he's gun-shy from it, and uh, the scar tissue from those turnovers has clearly impacted him. The issue, Andy, is you could survive Carolina and New England with his performances. I don't know if there's anyone else on the schedule you can survive. Well, that's my question. It it would be... And boy, you would say, well, give me the happy medium here. Give me the middle. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get that from Minshew probably. So would you rather have safe Gardner Minshew, which by the way, I mean, he did turn the ball over on Sunday. So it's not like when I get, when I say, well, you got safe Gardner Minshew that you're not getting, you know, you're not getting zero turnovers. You still had an interception on Sunday. And again, if you're playing someone better, if the Patriots are better on offense, if they can kick field goals, yada, yada, uh, you would have been in trouble in that game. I mean, I, I, I guess my problem is I feel KB that if you get gunslinger Minshew, you're going to a get away from the running game, and B, you are absolutely going to open yourself up to turnovers, fumbles, yeah, and interceptions. There is a happy medium. Let, let, but can they do the happy medium? Can Minshew? Let's I mean, make how it do clear. They, how do they find that though? Well, the Minshew we've seen over the last couple of weeks, dink and dunk central, virtually no substance in the passing game, has protected the ball pretty well. What one turnover in the Carolina and New England games? Andy, that's not getting you a five and two record in the final seven. That's no, not getting you a four and three record. It's, it's winning you one or You're two more games the rest of the way. Get a little bit more, right. and yes, by that you are going to rest some things. But if you want to get to nine or ten wins and continue to be in the playoff picture come the new year, 
you're going to have to get a little bit. Well, more. let me ask you this: What's the number of attempts you want to see from Minshew? Because I mean, we've seen it all the way from. I mean, we've seen it at 23, 55, 26, 28. Uh, is it is it 30 to 30 like three? Is that is that a good number? Do you think yeah, I don't it's know. like That's five? High. I, I've never really focused too much on attempts. I. I 28-ish. Well, that's what he was on. That's what he was on Sunday. And again, not all 28s are created the same. Obviously, can you be more efficient within the 28? And therefore, teams aren't necessarily loading the box to the nth degree. And now that opens some things up for Jonathan Taylor because I think the lack of passing game production is creating more difficult running opportunities for Taylor. And I think you felt that. I think you felt that especially in the second half in the last couple of weeks. Again, Pacers Sixers tonight coming up. At 6.30, some great Kevin Garnett audio I want to get to here a little bit later. Rick Carlisle going to join us in less than 10 minutes. Um, again, Miles Turner waking up this morning in full prayer mode about seeing Joel Embiid <laughs> on the injury report with a hip injury. You know, you, It's a big hip uh, from Joel. That is a large hip, Joel, yeah. It's a large hip. Certainly. Um, <laughs> JMV and I have disagreed on this. Uh-oh. Prior, because again, he obviously is such a Turner backer, and certainly Turner has delivered for JMV in that realm. But it is amazing to me how Embiid has absolutely dominated the Pacers throughout his career, unlike any other Eastern Conference team. Uh, pointed this out, but I think it's worth repeating, especially after Embiid went for whatever he had 37, 39 on Monday night or on Sunday night. Uh, no team in the Eastern Conference he averages more points against than the Pacers. Uh, 30, I think it was... Th- it's 31 now. Is, is it up to it, 31? It, I'm looking at it. It's 31.2. That's the up. Uh, that's the updated number with last or, uh, Sunday night's game. Yep. And, and again, my thing is, don't let him go career on you. Like, he has career nights against the Pacers. Yeah. You know, you look at the Raptors. It's like 23 a, a night. The Knicks, you know, 25 a night. The Heat, 23 a night. Miles, to be known as one of the best rim protectors, defensive players in the NBA, it shouldn't be... When Joel Embiid sees you on the schedule, he feasts on you unlike any other team in the Eastern Conference. And that's what he's done throughout his career. Now, again, will we see the matchup tonight? He's questionable with a hip injury. Obviously, the Tyrese Maxey matchup will be something to keep an eye on as well. But I, I guess I want to make sure that I'm clear on Joel Embiid. He is a outstanding player, easily one of the best players in the NBA. And he frequently dominates games, but he dominates the Pacers more than any other Eastern Conference team, and that's the issue that I have. All right, so let me do some of these points. I'm looking at it right now. We go back to when Embiid started in the NBA in 2016, that season. He averaged 25 against the Pacers. He averaged 23 in 2017, and then KB, it picks up. In 2018, he averaged 29 points and 14 rebounds. In 2019, he averaged 36 points and 16 rebounds. A little dip in 2020, I guess that was the COVID year, 24 and 13. Uh, In 2021, he averaged 43 points and 13 rebounds in the few games against the it Pacers. Is, again, he is their daddy. He's he really Miles is. Turner's da- and 33 last year. If he's going for that, what did Miles have on Sunday night? I, I think like he had 22. I, was say, I felt like Miles had 20, a pretty good night. 22 and 5, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, if Embiid's yeah, yeah, going to do and his five. thing on the other end of the floor, A, try and stay out of foul trouble because, you know, when your depth gets tested in the front court, it can get a bit ugly. Uh, and B, you know, stretch the floor at the other end. You know, pull him away from the basket. You know, try and knock down a few shots like that to get you, um, you know, countering Joel Embiid because obviously he's such a force uh, 
offensively. All right, on the other side, Rick Carlisle, he joins us live from Philadelphia. Good Tuesday morning to you. Thank you for spending it with us. It's the Wake Up Call, KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. and 107.5. The Fan. All right, so back at it. 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. DriveHubler.com studios. Colts off this week. Back at it here in about a week and a half, hosting the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, that's going to be a big one. We'll continue, obviously, mentioning that. A lot of Pacers this morning and yesterday. Pacers in Philly tonight. Our coverage here on The Fan beginning at 6.30. And head coach of the Indiana Pacers, Rick Carlisle, joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are doing fantastic. Thank you uh, again for joining us here on this Tuesday morning. The game days you get ready for the second here uh, against Philly. I-, I guess let's start here. Uh, what are the main you know thing or things that you have stressed or will stress even today that you want to see from your team tonight that you did not see on Sunday? Well, number one is rebounding. We had a really historically poor rebounding game in the uh, the game on Sunday. We gave up 23 offensive rebounds and 30 second chance points. And, uh, you know, on the road against a team that is, I, you know, you can, you can make a, you can make a legitimate case that Philadelphia is, could be the best team in the league uh, based on sure. the winning streak that they're on, their personnel, you know, and beat as an MVP uh, Maxi is a rising star. Um, all those things. I mean, they're they're up there certainly with you know Denver, Boston, and others. So uh, we just simply got to do better in possession of the ball, as as you guys are well aware. Um, in other sports like football, um, is uh, extremely important, and we got to get our hands on it more. Coach, do you like how the NBA has kind of adjusted this here in recent years where it seems like now you do have a couple of these each year, the the two games in one city in like a three-night span? It's almost a little bit kind of, I guess, what you encounter in the playoffs. I think the Magic have one this week. I know you guys play them uh, later on Sunday. But are you a fan of this kind of, you know, one team, one city, play them two games in three nights? Yes, and, and I believe a lot of people are uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, just in terms of logistics, um, it it alleviates travel. It's one less plane ride. Um, and in many cases, it's one less plane ride under volatile circumstances, you know, late night after a game or whatever. And the other thing that, that is um, pretty obvious is that it, it sets up, a, a you know, kind of a mini playoff scenario. Um, 
we're we're a young team that that needs these kinds of experiences against high level teams, and so you know this is uh, this is a really great opportunity for us to compete. And so um, you know it's there are a lot of good things with it. And the in-season tournament, you know, for me, I it's I, I believe it's going to be um, a terrific addition to the league. You know, I, I just uh, there's just so many good things about it. So. Uh, we're looking forward to getting back out there. Yeah, game two of the in-season tournament for the Pacers tonight. Again, Pacers and Sixers, 7 o'clock from Philly. Rick Carlisle joining us live here on the wake-up call. Um, something I've... You, you've used the word plain and randomness, or I guess the phrase plain and randomness several times to describe you guys offensively. And that is such a unique word to me because you know I'm thinking to myself, man, like what direction comes with plain and randomness? So I was hoping you could expand a little bit on that. When you want to see your team playing randomly as a coach, where is the direction in that? Because to me, random is not a word that coincides with like direction, if that makes sense. Well, we want to play in an unpredictable manner for the opponent. And I believe it's it can be a very positive thing to play unpredictably amongst each other because if you're an athlete, um, the athlete thrives on reaction. Uh, the athlete is, is, is trained in whatever sport it is to, uh, to be in great condition, to be strong, to um, develop instincts. But you want, you know, as an athlete, I, I, I always felt as a player that if, if I was in motion and wasn't exactly sure when the shot was going to come, I could just uh, look, react, and that it would – it would happen. It would just happen in real time, um, as opposed to, you know, running plays and knowing exactly where the shot should come. Um, you know, in some cases that that builds up a little apprehension. And really, in in, in today's NBA, um, teams defensively do such a good job of guarding situations that it's really become more of a league of making plays instead of calling plays. So. That's probably as basic a way to explain it as as I, as I can. But for us, the the elements, uh, the important elements of of randomness. Number one is speed or pace. You know, number two is is using the space on the floor, and you know, creating random pressure on the rim and and being unpredictable. I mean, those are the big things. Rick Carlisle with us here. Pay less liquors hotline. Coach, I, and I'm blanking here. KB, you maybe can help me. It was after Utah or the Milwaukee game where you said, hey, Benedict Mather, and I think it was Utah. This is, you know, this was his finest moment as an Indiana Pacer. And so, you know, obviously we're having you on after the, you know, the first Philly game. So things have, have maybe changed. But you look at that Utah game uh, with Mather and you look at that Milwaukee game as well. You know, there was there was a point he helped strip Giannis of the ball in that Milwaukee game. And he's pumping his fist after a great defensive play. I would imagine you had to love that as a coach. You had to love him stringing, even rebounding the ball, stringing those two games together, coach, and maybe not the best game from him on Philly. So what, what is what is the what is the coaching going on there when a young player like that has two extraordinary games and then a lesser game against Philly on Sunday? We get ready for tonight. What kind of coaching is going on with those three games from really good games to a game that's just, you know, so-so, I guess? Well, uh, you've heard of good to great. It was probably decent to bad. 
you know, if we're going okay. to be high, we're going to make a little bit of a joke out of it. Um, but you know, the reality is that um, the two games that you mentioned, you know, Utah was first, Milwaukee was second. And in those games, Ben played two of his best all-around games as a pacer. Um, you know, the rebounding numbers were terrific, an average of 10 per game. Um and you saw, I believe, in the Milwaukee game, his follow dunk, you know, on a on a on a on a weak side crash that was, you know, took it from, you know, whatever it was, it was six six to four point deficit and got the crowd into it. And then, you know, he was in the middle of a lot of defensive stuff. So, you know, to me, the 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 lesson here or the or the description of the situation is that, you know, as a young player, um, you know, really really double down on the importance of the all-around game. I mean, if you're active, if you're running, if you're crashing, if you're doing things to to come up with possession of the ball the way the way you did in those two games, um, you know, the net outcome was, I believe he was plus 14, plus 18 in, in those yep. two games. And, um, look, the Philly game was, was, was rougher. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're sitting on two wins. Uh, we go in, we go in there against, a you know, a, a team that's super hot, that, that really defends well. Um, they present some different types of situations and, you know, as a team, we didn't play well for the majority of the game. Now we got, you know, we got hot, um, later in the first half. Uh, we actually got the lead, you know, in the fourth, in the fourth quarter, uh, but it was it was very short lived because you know the uh, the offensive rebounding of of the Sixers came back to bite us. But um, for Ben Matherin, who I know he's one of KB's favorites, um, he is almost named my son Matherin. Actually, well, I think KB's actually not happy that I asked the Matherin question. I, I think he wanted to ask I'll the Matherin question. Andy off air, so coach. I should have asked about Maxi and his growth as a player. So I apologize, yeah, coach. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 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 back to the point, you know. Um, you know, when you impact, when you have that kind of impact on the all-around game, and and when you're really into the game, doing other things besides all, just scoring, um, you know, your defense is going to be is going to pick up as well, and that's what we saw, you know, down the stretch of the Milwaukee game, as you mentioned. He's Rick Carlisle again tonight. Pacers and Sixers. It is game two of the in-season tournament. Our coverage will begin at 6.30 Philadelphia for uh, the second road game against Philly this season. Coach, I forget which game I was watching the other night, but all of a sudden they come back to start the second half and they're like, oh, halftime adjustments. What do you think the coaches made? You know, halftime adjustments. I'm thinking you'd be the perfect person to ask. How real are halftime adjustments compared to in-game adjustments like I almost feel like and this is a little bit honestly the media's fault like we just alienate changes that could happen in the first quarter or the second or the third and all we talk about are halftime adjustments yeah the um (laughs) you know the halftime break is creates an obvious um sort of you know you know subject uh matter for that um teams get to go in and talk about things so it's it's logical that um, adjustments would be talked about, but your point is is very accurate. There there are, are adjustments going on constantly during the game, whether they're you know matchup changes, uh, adjusting to guys coming in, going out of the game, um, adjusting to coverages. Teams you know hop into a zone. You've got to be ready to run your zone offensive actions, etc. So I don't know. You know, at some level, um, 
your point is is legitimate. It, it, it's probably more played up than, than than is actually a factor, just merely because there are are uh, adjustments in the game going on nonstop, especially in the NBA game where there are. I think somebody once told me, uh, you know, I was on one of the committees with the league, and you know, they were talking about. Um, the challenges of officiating the NBA game. I think someone once said there are six or seven thousand events that happen in an NBA game. So you're talking about 100 possessions. Uh, do the math. I mean, each each possession there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on, and so a lot to digest and uh, a lot to certainly adjust to as the whole thing is happening. You get a chance to uh, catch up with David Letterman the other night. Saw he was uh, courtside. <laughs> Well, I did, and uh, you know, I, I just, <laughs> you know, when I was with Dallas, we the year we won the championship, we did a um, we did a top ten list. Um, our team did, and and it was set up remotely, so we were down on a practice court, and I forget what the, I forget the I forget what the question was, but it was funny, and um, and so I, you know, I'm I'm just I'm a long time admirer of his, and so I just uh, I wanted to go shake his hand. Let him know I was a, a very long time admirer and um, and thank him for coming to the game. You know he's from Indianapolis, went to Broad Ripple High, is what my understanding is, and uh, you know really just one of the 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 absolute iconic uh, television figures of of all time. So uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. He was very cordial. Um, somebody else asked me this question after the game. And on that particular uh, on that particular night, and if you're interested at all, you can go to YouTube because it's on YouTube. Um, you know the 2011 team, uh, David Letterman, blah blah. Jim Carrey was the guest. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> so they were actually talking about some of the stuff, the stuff of you know me looking like Jim Carrey back back in the day. I guess it was when I had more hair, but. It was, it was a very interesting conversation because um, people, they, they were talking about it, and he said, yeah, now people tell me that I look like Rick Carlisle, you know, which, was, <laughs> which I, I never even dreamed that that was even, could ever be a part of the conversation. But um, but anyway, that was that was memorable, and uh, it was great that he could be there. KB, I don't know if you can, you can see this, but if you Google it, I, I mean, I am looking at... I am looking now. These pictures are, are you know picked out. Obviously, I'm looking at pictures of you next to next to Carrie. That's outstanding. Ne- next to J- Jim Carrey here, and it's you guys look more alike. I never thought of that in my entire life until you said that. So there is there is at least a little bit of a resemblance. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, it's <laughs> it's uh, ever since he was on living uh, in living color, right. Um, you know, I've been getting comments about that's it. That's great. And, and so, whatever. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, that's I'm great. Onward from this conversation. Sure. <laughs> that's great. The only thing I was going to say to clean up the David Letterman is these TV guys, Coach, uh, when they get out of TV, they either keep the same TV persona or they grow a big beard because they never were allowed to have facial hair on TV, whether it be local or national. So uh, that's why Letterman's got that going on, no doubt. I wanted to ask you this. I, I followed Maxie a lot in uh, following UK uh, at, a, at a former job. 
Cobb, if you will. So I saw him a lot in college, and then he was on a very good team with Emmanuel quickly, and then I mean, he's grown from eight points a game to averaging 29 points a game, had the 50-piece on Sunday. Um, as, you, as you have been in this league as well, how have you seen him grow as a player? And, he, and boy, he can really do those two, three-step step backs now, uh, basically a lot like James Harden, who just obviously left uh, the Sixers. What have you seen with his growth in the last three, three and a half seasons or so? Yeah, you know, when he was in the draft, um, whatever it was, three or three and a half years ago, um, one of the things that was interesting, and, and there, there were certainly uh, comparisons with quickly, you know, body type, um, ability to score. Um, I, you know, there, were, there was some uncertainty as to whether he could really be a, a, a true point guard. And the other thing that was interesting about him was he he did not shoot a lot of threes in college. He was a he was more of a mid range player. So he's made he's made really big adjustments to his game. He, he's gone from a guy that was not not shooting many threes. I don't believe in his first year, um, and then from year one to two, two to three, et cetera. I mean, obviously he's grown the range. He's a strong kid. Um, he's got great you know he's got he's got great power in his legs. Obviously. Um, in that game two nights ago, he hit he hit three or four, you know, hellacious step back threes where he's driving the ball, you know, with with speed and power, you know, uh, well into the two point area, and then stepping back two two or three steps, um, you know, regaining his balance and just shooting the ball effortlessly from you know whatever it, whatever it was. I mean, a couple of them were thirty footers, so. Um, yeah, he's come a long way, and you know, I, I forget exactly where he was taken. I thought it was somewhere in the twenties in the draft. I mean, what a steal for twenty-one. Yes, yeah, twenty-one. He was taken twenty-first. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you redraft that draft now. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> sure, he's going to be he's going to be up at the very top. Yeah, absolute stud. Uh, okay, last one for me, Coach. Um, I don't know if you had a chance, but Rob Mahoney from The Ringer wrote, I, I thought, a beautiful piece on Tyrese Halliburton and you know, just kind of who he is as a basketball player, as a person, and what that has meant to your franchise. I know you've touched on this before, but I wanted to relay this quote from Tyrese in that story. Tyrese says, I play a style of basketball that people want to play. I think that's part of the reason why they signed me to the deal they signed me to. I've got long-term stability here because they know that I can help bring people here, not only who I am as a basketball player, but who I am as a person. Uh, whether it's as a basketball player or as a person, how would you describe Tyrese Halliburton? Yeah, I, I saw the article last night, and I thought it was extremely well done. It's uh, it, 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 It's written tremendous detail and has a lot of uh, you really learn a lot of the things about why he's become the person and the player that he's become his dad has a lot to do with his family um, some of his close friends um, and yeah I mean uh, I would I would encourage any any Pacer fan to check it out Um, you know he's just he's just a special just a special person Um, you know the the statement I think pretty much speaks for itself, and I, I guess I can just simply say I I agree. You know, um, he's he has a he has an exuberance about the game. He has a, a personality that is magnetic, and you want to be around him, you know, all the time. And the way he plays the game, the way he zips the ball around to teammates, um, 
you know, is just something that is, you know, as as a basketball player, you just want to be on the court with that with that kind of a kind of a force, you know, and so. Uh, that combined with his ability to 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 score the ball easily, um, I think you know makes him one of the the really compelling young players in the NBA right now. And so we're very fortunate to have him. Certainly, Mark just retweeted that out of our show account for those that missed it. Again, Rob Mahoney on Tyrese Halliburton from yesterday. All right, Coach, enjoy uh, the final day in Philadelphia. I know you get a few days of practice coming up later this week before returning home to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So good luck tonight, and as, as always, can't thank you enough for the time. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. Rick Carlisle, Payless Liquors Hotline. I don't know if you had a chance to read that piece, Andy. I did not. I'm going to have to. I'll read it during the break. Outstanding from Rob Mahoney, I believe, uh, either noon or 3 o'clock, one of them uh, going to try and get Rob on at some point this week. Tremendous detail about Halliburton. It's funny, you know, Rick mentions that 2020 draft. Halliburton, of course, the 12th pick in that draft. That was the COVID draft. And the Pacers have mm. now gobbled up all these guys. You know, Obi Toppin from that draft, Aaron Neesmith. Jalen Smith, the Pacers have four of the first 14 picks from that draft. Maxie was 21, as you mentioned. If you redrafted that, Anthony Edwards obviously still goes number one. I assume Halliburton would go two. James Wiseman, two. LaMelo Ball, three. Patrick Williams, four. Isaac Okoro. Onyeka Kongwu. Easy for me to say. Keelian Hayes, Obi Toppin, Danny Avida. I, I, I would. Uh, uh, yeah. Right yeah. there, right? I mean, don't you go Edwards, Halliburton, Maxi? And then LaMelo? Uh, I mean, pro- probably. I mean, Patrick Williams is just a terrible pick by the Chicago Bulls. Like, you feel like you don't feel bad for franchises. They're like, well, we're always p- drafting in the middle. And then you draft four and you draft Patrick Williams. I mean, honestly, Yuck. Desmond Bain would have been a top probably six pick out of that draft class. Yeah, I mean, Halliburton going 12. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you... you that, Edwards by, won. By the way, not a, great, not a great draft. No, there's only three All-Stars. I mean, Emmanuel quickly went 25. He would go in the top 10 to 12, and he's, you know, been, for the most part, a bench guard. I mean, hell, the Aaron Neesmith we've seen this year. He'd I be remember drafted. Peyton Pritchard at 26. Remember when he got taken? Right around like, there. Of course. Of course carved the, out a decent I know, but everyone's like, of course the Celtics took him. You know, it's always like one of those things. Of course they did. By the way, you know... Just to add to Halliburton, you mentioned the story there. Whether it be college or it be, you know, obviously with the Kings or even last year with the Pacers, he has been he's been on a lot of losing teams. And I mean, don't you feel like this year he is getting a the respect personally as a player? Probably the most that he has received, right? I mean, don't you feel that way? He's yeah. becoming much more of a nationally known star in I Team think the USA. Team USA, yeah, stuff Team USA, a and, and you know, being on a team that's winning and everything else. And that's the other part, you know. Personally, and then team-wise, they are winning, and the expectation is, and right now, if they keep going with this trend, the win-loss trend, they would be obviously an NBA, uh, would be a playoff team. It's got to be the best year for for Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, the last time he right? was on a winning team was his freshman year at Iowa State. I mean, that's obviously quite some time. I shared this story before, and I actually think the one-year um, anniversary, if you will, of that is coming up, but the Pacers and and Halliburton's kind of taken over. The Pacers have done kind of an annual um, you know, Thanksgiving meal for the homeless. They come inside of the lobby sure. area of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, and it's a great annual event, and one Pacers player is kind of spearheaded each year, and Halliburton's taken that over. Um, last year, I was fortunate to volunteer at it, 
and pretty much was at the serving station with the Halliburton family. And, you know, Rick brought up his dad. And, you know, if you watch the games, you see his mom and his dad and his girlfriend sitting courtside, you know, pretty much every game right there. And they just seem like, and again, this is a 30-minute to an hour snippet, but they just seem like really down-to-earth, really humble people that I think have a lot of Midwest values that we've grown to love and certainly appreciate because this is our own backyard. And obviously, you're going to have to continue to prove to Tyrese that you can build a winner, but I think he legitimately wants to be here, um, is wired the right way for this market. And um, certainly be grateful that Tyrese Halliburton is a member of the Pacers. Yeah, it's one of those trades where I know it's like, well, everybody won. The Pacers won that trade a little bit more because they got a guy that is this uh, to the organization. By the way, just looking at it, I'm going to say something. Neither one of you, I'm not sure about Mark, actually. Mark may actually agree with me, given that he's working with sound all the time and everything else. I think, Kevin, you're not going to agree with me. There is there is a part of me that misses LeVar Ball. <laughs> uh, I don't mind. I don't mind saying it. Seen Lamelo being yeah. drafted. I actually do miss him. A I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. When he was going on CNN, Can you take the Texas A&M re- job. Re- remember when? And remember. <laughs> well, no, that's got to be Lane Kiffin uh, or Bobby Petrino. No, Urban. Or, or, well, of course, Urban Meyer. But remember, remember when his son got in trouble over in China. And Trump was president, and and you remember they had to. They was had that Lamelo? Yeah, the one no, that it wasn't trapped? Lamelo. No. It was the one who's not as talented. Oh, okay. Which one was that? <laughs> I can't remember. Was it the middle son who's not nearly as talented what as are the, the names other two? Again? Lonzo, Lonzo, Lamelo, and then was there a Jello in there? They called him Jello. No, he's Lamangelo and Arangelo. Oh goodness! It was the one that wasn't very good, right? Yeah. They, they, Continue they, the story. Well, I mean, remember he like went on Liangelo. CNN. That's it. That's it. Remember he went on CNN and he sang the song "Thank You, Thank You." Remember he said <laughs> that do. he said Trump was going to sing that to him. He told people to stay in their lanes all the yeah. time. He went on with like Colin Cowherd and yelled yelled at him and stuff. We're due for a Levar Ball appearance here. I mean, come I feel on, like we man. Haven't gotten one in a while. We haven't got one in like two, three years. I feel like I'm, hardest man. Oh, boy, that's <laughs> an odd way to say. Hey, yeah. Is that how Andy started the show yesterday? No, that's how I started the last so segment of the, the show, show. yesterday. Was, was, the HR I was, meeting. I was talking about Eddie Garrison, of all people. Hell of a close there <laughs> on a Monday morning from Andy Swinney. If you missed it, Rick Carlisle, that'll be up with the pod. Bob Kravitz going to join us top of the hour. Uh, let's begin with a wild, wild finish to Monday Night Football for this morning. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, chaos in Buffalo last night. The Bills continue to be one of the more just crazy stories of the season. Josh Allen playing hero ball like none other. That is bad more than good, I think, for Buffalo. Honestly, the Bills moved it the best last night when they committed to the ground game. Uh, And then late in that one, the Broncos are down one, third and ten. They have no timeouts. They're outside of field goal range. Uh, it, they need what, like probably six, eight yards to even think about attempting. They're at about the goal. forty-five yard line. So yeah, Bills go all-out blitz. Russell Wilson does his Carson Wentz twenty twenty-one Colts impression. That's the heave of the the underthrown deep ball, the best play a quarterback can play or can throw. Uh, the underthrown deep ball works perfectly as Jerry Judy is interfered with. 25, 30-yard penalty there in field goal range. It doesn't stop there. They have a 41-yard field goal for the win. Will Lutz misses it wide right. 
yellow flags in the field. 12 men on the field for the Bills. A mulligan for Will Lutz and the Broncos. 36-yarder, good. And so the Buffalo Bills are 5-5. Five and five. Who had the Bills and Colts with the same record 10 weeks into the season? No, that's surprising, is it not? It's unbelievable. And by the way, I had five people in an Eliminator League had the Bills last night. And like 10 of them had the Cincinnati Bengals. So your boys love it. Your boy needed that. You your boy a, needed the Buffalo Bills to get that win. You need the Will Lutz mulligan? Well, I mean, listen, a, that was a big Russell miss. Russell Wilson, by the way, was kind of good last night. He was kind of good last night. I mean, the throw to Cortland Sutton was very good. Now, the way underthrown ball probably should have been a touchdown to Jerry du- uh, Judy at the end of the game, uh, but that didn't happen. But yeah, if you're the Jets and Chargers and Colts and Raiders, I mean, you love to see the Buffalo Bills lose that game. And the Bills, listen, they're just not an elite team, man. And they got a I very just, they're just schedule not. the rest of the way. Yeah, they have a very difficult schedule. Their next five is insane. And I get it. They still have Josh Allen. And that's not a team. You know, if you look at the whatever, AFC playoff standings, you're you're not going to want to see Buffalo as a wild card team just because they have the potential. But right now, them getting in the dance is no slam Yeah, dunk. they have the Jets and then at Eagles, at Chiefs, home Cowboys, at Chargers, and then New England, uh, who, by the way, they've lost to. It needs to be said. I mean, New England's bad. Uh, they'll be tanking. They'll have Bailey Zappier, Malik Cunningham playing quarterback. And then they end the season at Miami. Yeah, that is brutal. I, I mean, there's a chance they're a, a eight-win team, we, seven-win team. We look ahead to Week 11. Monday Night Football uh, is a Super Bowl rematch coming up. That is Eagles and Chiefs. But you've got some great AFC North matchups, and the Colts on their bye week will certainly be keeping an eye on that. Thursday Night Football is Bengals at Ravens, and then on Sunday you get Steelers at at Brown. So finally uh, some good games, some Mark. Critical AFC, finally, AFC finally. North games in regards to the Colts in the playoffs. Yeah, look at some college basketball. Purdue winners by 12 last night over Xavier. 83-71. Like KB said, Xavier stuck around for about 30 minutes in the game. Uh, no shock here. Zach Eady again, 28-11. Dominant. I think he had four blocks as well. Here's Matt Painter post game on his big man. If you watch him, you expect him to make every shot. But what's a cool thing about it is so does he. You know, so he missed eight shots. Like, he's not happy about it. And, and so, like, you know, his gauge isn't somebody else. His gauge is himself. Um, but as long as we win, I know he's happy. Um, you know, I thought he did some really good things. They stayed home a lot and, and made him make some tough, you know, post moves. And, um, you know, he just has to keep staying with it. But I thought he did a good job. Again, 28-11, four blocks for Edie continues to be fantastic. Up next, Purdue on the road in Maui. That's going to be a Monday 5 o'clock game against the Zags. Not a lot of personnel changes for Purdue from last season, but Lance Jones transferring in. You know, transferring up, you're always curious, okay? You know, he's going from the Missouri Valley, transferring up into the Big Ten, but I like what he's kind of brought Purdue, can do several things Can I ask you something? What what was the connection there? Usually there is a connection between a player who's transferring, or was it he put his name uh, in the portal and he went to a couple places there and Purdue made the most sense? seemed to be an obvious one. Now, Matt Painter, of course, has history there, but I, I, I don't think there was like an obvious one that jumped off the page, and it's not like this was a he averaged 19 points per game and was the conference player of the year. You know, sure. I, I remember when he sure. transferred, I'm thinking, wait, is this it? For the offseason moves, I get there wouldn't have been a lot, um, but Ethan Morton to the bench, Brandon Newman, of course, gone, and um, Lance Jones, a little bit of scoring, a little bit of playmaking, ball handling as well, been very helpful here uh, early in the season. Uh, uh, Butler also winners last night over East Tennessee State. Butler continues a nice start to this season with three straight 30-plus point wins. Uh, They've got Michigan State coming up 
on Friday. And as we mentioned with Rick Carlisle, it is Pacers and Sixers tonight. Uh, I am all over Pacers five and a half point underdog. Joel Embiid is questionable with a hip injury. Uh, do you believe that the in-season tournament will pry Joel Embiid <laughs> off the injury report and onto the floor tonight? No, I think a hip, he misses games, the Celtics are next, and they might feel like they can be in the game against the Pacers with or without Joel Embiid. Any other game he'd sit out, but it's an in-season tournament game, so you know he's going to get up and play. How dare he disrespect the Pacers. And the Celtics, you can't keep me out, coach. The Celtics are tomorrow night, so you know, yeah, it it's a back-to-back. Back. It is a nationally televised game. I mean, this would be Donovan Mitchell sitting if Joel Embiid sat. Who else am I missing? I, there's another game where somebody sat that, that that was noticeable. I mean, or notable. I mean, they've had three oh, games here the where Pacers? they've been helped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard. Bucks, that's yeah. it. The Bucks. Yeah, Dame Lillard. I mean, they've the had three games. Healthy. You know, obviously Halliburton missed sure. the Boston game, but for the most part, the Pacers have been pretty healthy here early in the season. So our coverage will begin 6.30 tonight, Pacers and 76ers. There is a former NBAer that I think is held in pretty high regard, although probably not by Pacers fans, who is a big fan of Rick Carlisle's team this season. We'll touch on that coming up in a bit. Continue the Colts conversation. Bob Kravitz at 9. It's a beautiful Tuesday here in Indy. Thanks for spending it with us. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. In this song, mm. hanging out in Broad Ripple during his uh, college <laughs> yeah, years, yeah. I can see you liking I'm this in song. In the Casma basement, just hoping the <laughs> roof won't cave in on me. Walking around with a Bartles and James, oh, and walking into Brothers. I always love the Casma uh, bartender out of Dominican Sue <laughs> Lions jersey. I just yell Sue, Sue at him. It's also very random, right? In Indianapolis, is Sue still playing in the NFL? Uh, I think he is. Why do I feel like he's one of those like? Yeah, yesterday didn't we see Jason Pierre Paul just join the Saints or something? Why do I feel like Sue is like the November signing? Was he the Eagles last year? Boy, yeah, he was. I'm looking at it. He's I'm looking, not in the league at the moment. I don't think he is. He was with the Eagles last did year. I miss You're it? right. Why did I feel like Sue just visited somewhere recently? He probably did. I mean, I kind like, of feel the Ravens I feel sign the same. Sue in the next like two weeks. Yeah, someone good is gonna uh, is gonna sign him, and he's gonna make some big play. Uh, in the postseason, and then he's just going to step on the throat of a quarterback just so he yeah, can get literally. a $30,000 fine. Yeah. yeah, literally. Literally. He's a scary man. Oh, yeah. 1, when you when you think of, like, like there's quarterbacks that are your size, KB, that get hit by him, and that just has to scare you. A, a shudder has to run up and down your spine on a man like Ndamukong and Sue. Uh, by the way, just before we're going to uh, hear some Peyton Manning sound here in just a second, I, I, I heard the front part of this, but not the back end. So Mark has it. We'll hear that here in just a second. Harbaugh said, I just been, I, I was listening to a little bit of Harbaugh today, this morning. Harbaugh said that Michigan, that he found out on the plane from, uh, or maybe not on the plane, but found out on social media that he was not coaching on Saturday. 
How about know. that? I, I I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> Harbaugh yesterday was incredible. Well, I'm not sure I even care. I'm just saying it is interesting, though. The edited have did you see the edited press conference? Like the clearly. Uh, not the real Harbaugh uh, comments in I, the press conference. I did not. I watched the so, five minute boring one. You know, he was ranting and raving about what American, you know, what America sure. wants to root for. And, sure, you America's know, team. I know. I tried to find that. that sound. Well, then someone then edited it and saying like pretty much how you know America wants to root for a cheater and they have all the endless resources <laughs> available to them and they cheat to get that extra edge and that's what defines the red, white, and blue. It was an epic video. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Again, uh, I am an Ohio State fan in two weeks. Uh, we we also need like me, Lou Holtz, and Ryan Day uh, holding hands, cheering for the Buckeyes. As the week goes, Mark, and you may need to remind me on this. We need to we need to find out what kind of wardrobe Kevin's going to have at these SEC games. Uh, are you going to wear a wig so you do have the Bama bangs when you go you, to Knoxville? What I exactly? Think you go, you I feel go. like I've got to shave this off. By the way, don't I? Yeah, I was wondering why. Do, did you have to keep some no, of the lettuce I, I, I don't up, really up top know or why. what? I don't really know why I did that. Okay. It's a nice faux hawk going. <laughs> yeah. I think you do like Something. the Rob Lowe. Remember Rob Lowe was at the NFL game. He just had oh, the, the NFL shield. shield. You just have an SEC. SEC hat. An SEC yeah. hat. <laughs> and then any time that they want to chant, I just chant. Good yeah. job. for both teams. Good job, guys. Are you going with a Tennessee fan or are you just going with a buddy? Oh, we're going to be rocking Tennessee gear. Okay, there you go. And you got to okay. storm the field, right, if they win? I mean, you got to throw the, the, the goalpost into the water. Into you got to the do river. the entire the river right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's literally the stadium's right right on, right on the river, for I sure. I think this time last year, weren't we getting Peyton Manning and Trace Jackson Davis smoking cigars in the... Tennessee locker room. Do you remember that image? Well, I remember that because early on when I joined the show here, I was like, I don't like TJD wearing the orange. And you're like, it's his brother. And I think my answer was, was I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Taven Jackson, of course, was at Tennessee at that point. Oh, yeah. At that point, he was. Yeah. I guess it was. It was about a year ago. Him and Rice Thompson. You're going to get great. He's going to be like 55 degrees. Yeah. I literally sunny out. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. First game experience. Uh, Okay. So. The the Buffalo Bills fumbled the first play, right? I forget who it was. Was it Cook? I don't think it was. It was one of their wide receivers. I had a little little five, six-yard play, you know, stay ahead of the sticks, get get a nice rhythm to your offense, and they fumbled the football. And Peyton Manning uh, in the in the Manning cast says we got it. He uses the word we when referring to the Broncos. Okay, and so Eli has some fun with it. It's like, yo, it's been eight years, man. You know, move on that sort of thing. And so then they went to commercial break after the field goal by the Broncos, and they go back to that conversation. So that's what Mark has. I have not heard this. So let's go. Amazing when they were one and five, it was all they, it was the Broncos, and them, and now they win two in a row, and now it's we, our, that's us. Broncos haven't been on since last uh, season opener of the Seattle game. We're not going to go into that game again. A lot of things happen. We haven't had a Colts game for whatever reason. Uh, I've wanted to do several Colts games, but you always have some kind of conflict. No, I can't do that. We, I can't do October tenth. You know, I have to, you know, go to a, uh, you know, uh, play pickleball or paddleball, whatever you guys play up there in New York. You know, so, to, so I'd be saying we flexed out. I'm sure you are. I, I, I know why. Look, I'd be weeing the Colts as well, but you refuse to do a game with the Colts. No, no, let's do more Giants games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you got that off your chest. You believe that? Do you believe anything you just said? Yes, leave all of it. I mean, the Colts are never on Monday Night Football. I, I was going to say, is this, <laughs> I don't know what so, they're talking about? Is this year three of the Manning cast? 
Yes. Yes. Okay, so last year, Colts-Steelers, right? We're Monday Night Football late in the season. Jelani Woods had a great night. Colts lost with Jeff Saturday. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, look it up, but it's, it sounds right. And then I'm thinking the only other Monday night game they've had in the last three years was a, actually a great game, although the Ravens came back and beat the Colts in overtime, but that was Colts-Ravens in Baltimore. And that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was year one of the Manning cast, and it might have been the first game that they didn't do. It was like week four, week five, <laughs> they had done like the first three or four games of the season, and that was the first one they didn't do. Uh, I have no idea if this is right or not, but I choose to think that Peyton Manning does not want to do the Colts games. Okay, well, that's what I was going to ask. Certainly not is there when Frank Reich go- was the head coach, and he has a connection okay. to Frank Reich. Okay. Sure seemed like he was saying Eli when he actually meant me. <laughs> he kept using it Eli was a, as the excuse. You know, again, what I love about the Manning cast, it, it is the raw emotion, and Peyton can't hide any of it. He cannot hide any of it. First right. play of the game last night. Strip happens yeah. right in front of the Buffalo bench, and literally Peyton's going, "That's our ball! Yeah, That's ju- our ball!" Yeah, he jumps out of his seat, <laughs> He's basically. Going yeah, nuts. and clearly, and I mean, Marshall, I assume, is a Broncos fan. I mean, his kids are obviously raised in Denver. I, I think we all just probably need to come to the realization, if we haven't already, that you know Peyton probably has a little bit more fondness towards Denver than he does Indianapolis. He still holds Indianapolis in high regard, but they didn't cut him. He's a competitor. Well, they had they you, had to cut him. I, we don't need to we don't need know, to rehash like, that. You don't reach the right. levels I, of stardom I, totally from understand. a professional sports standpoint that Peyton Manning has without being an insane competitor. Oh, he, he's always going to hold a grudge, even yes. if even if he comes back and he's at midfield some point in the next few years and they honor the right. team. And, and of they course, did, he was he, Ring yeah, of Honors. Sure, he's always sure, here, and you know, sure. Jersey retirement, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I mean. Denver, he probably holds in a little bit more of a positive light. Okay, well, next year, I mean, I would assume the Manning cast, they're making money. ESPN's making money. The it's Colts a, better be on Monday it, Night Well, football that's what I'm year. saying. If the Colts are on Monday Night Football, uh, that like, to me, you know paid Manning. Uh, you know, come on, you you gotta have a, you gotta have a Manning cast now. Whether it be because of their schedules, poor Eli has sat there and watched the Giants lose every single time. <laughs> he said he's trying to get him flexed out of the one in December. Oh, please! <laughs> that was flex a great him, line. Flex him to one o'clock in the after. Just play a one o'clock game. Oh, that, that was such a great just line. be hid by seven or eight other NFL games. Now you sound like you are pleading. Oh, well, yeah. I mean. You know, Eli doesn't need to sit there. Who do they play on Monday night? Is it Philly? Oh, God, that's 35-6. to six. We've Better got, not be Philly. There will be several options for Colts Monday Nighters next year. First off, and I say this in all seriousness, the AFC South is now appointment television. Well, if Anthony Richardson, Richardson and C.J. Yeah, Stroud, yeah, if Richardson's Richardson back, and Trevor Lawrence, sure. hell, Richardson and Will Levis. Also, Packers Giants, by the way, in Week 14. Oh. That's money. I mean, you got to think though. If you're making that game, that that's those are two huge fan bases. That's going to be a game that's going to have some sort of playoff implication. Instead, it has nothing but toilet bowl implications at this point. A couple other Monday night options if you want to look down that path. How about Tua Richardson? You got the Dolphins. You've got Josh Allen and the Bills. Colts win seven games, eight games this season. Sure, sure. Yeah, come on. They need to do throw them an early season. Let's go. Like a week three. Let's get Manning on. Let's go. Is Aaron Rodgers going to play this year? No. Listen, if he comes back now, and Mark, plays in the next is, few weeks, that is biased he, answer. No, from, it's a, from if, if it's a, if it was a legit torn Achilles injury. That's how the on point. Earth are you coming back that, in like three and a half? That's months? You don't the point. Think it's a legit I, torn Achilles. Well, I mean, didn't he, a running back? What was his name? Cam Akers. He came back in six months. Running that's or six quarterback that's not coming, three and a half. I mean, quarterback and running back, <laughs> a little bit different. I have a conspiracy theory about what why he's trying to come back. An Aaron Rodgers conspiracy. Oh, I, I know it sounds wild. I want to hear this. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, I, let's I think go. he's trying to trying to get back early 
to try to show like I don't need modern medicine. Yeah. Look what I did. Total agreement. I'm back. <laughs> Who needs doctors? I, I'm not listen. I think Dan Lebatard even questioned this. It's like if he's back in the next couple weeks, he didn't tear his Achilles. I, I don't know what to tell him. Strained the, his calf. The, the Packers. He didn't tear his Achilles. Cramps. It's, it's, it's a bone bruise. It's yeah. It's not. He didn't tear his Achilles if he's back in December, guys. It didn't. He didn't tear it in I September. I want to play so bad. Oh, I know you do. You're the just only one. Just for the storyline, and I picked the Jets to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I kind of do too, just to see him get pasted <laughs> in the first play again. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the other thing. He comes back and you know gets injured again because he's trying to make some sort of point about modern medicine or something like that. I, I'm. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory, Mark. I think more people are on your side than what you think. Kevin Garnett loves the Pacers. We'll chat about that. Oh, that's fantastic. I knew where Mark was going with that. that I totally forgot about that until the first beat hit. We'll get to the Kevin Garnett sound of the Pacers here uh, in just a second. I wanted to read something to you, and and then then we'll move on. This is from Sarah Ellison, who follows the NFL. From 2008 to 2021, uh, when uh, when John Harbaugh, you know John Harbaugh led Baltimore Ravens team, the Ravens were seventy nine and zero when leading by fourteen plus points in the second half. That's best in the NFL. That's from again two thousand eight to two thousand twenty one. Just listen, the last few years the Ravens blown leads. Okay, this season the Ravens blew leads in all three losses, including two double digit leads. Since 2022, the Ravens have six losses with a double-digit lead. That's most in the NFL. And since 2021, nine losses with a seven-plus point fourth-quarter lead. That's also most in the NFL. What do you make of that? And I think, I mean, they could be a Super Bowl team, but that's, I don't know, that's worrisome. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think in different ways, kind of the Ravens and I guess the Bills are on a bit of a prove-it stage. You know, when you look at that, uh, you know what Patrick Mahomes, of course, has done in the AFC. The guys drafted that year right after him, and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. It's a little bit waiting in the wings. You know, Joe Burrow has made it all the way to the Super Bowl, so those guys I feel like are kind of up next. I don't think Tua's quite on that level, but oh, sure, pressure's you know, on Lamar. Yeah, it was funny watching that game last night. Like Maddie saying to me, like, "Do you like Josh Allen?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like pretty humble dude, and I, in a way." It's got. I know he obviously didn't have Manning hype at all coming out of Wyoming, but his career has almost been a little Manning-like of like when is he going to get over the hump? When is he going to get over the hump? Uh, and just selfishly, I, I I would like to see. I think Buffalo is a great, great football town. I love the atmosphere there. Their fan base is nuts. Obviously, they've been through some excruciating playoff losses. I'd love for them to be in the playoffs and get on the run. Okay, so... BetMGM, uh, of which, by the way, Kevin Garnett does stuff for them. He's like a chief financial whatever. I mean, he's like a higher up there. He's got a he's got his stake in BetMGM. So he's doing a podcast here. And for the life of me, and I Googled this for like an hour and a half. I don't know who he's doing this podcast with, okay? I don't know who the other gentleman is. But they're talking about the Indiana Pacers. KG is a fan. The other guy kind of gives a hot take. I see a bunch of Pacers Twitter people complaining about it. But here's that sound. I get this is from yesterday. Go ahead. Indiana. Have you been watching Indiana? Uh, amazing. Indiana got like six or seven guys. Offensively, they're amazing. Listen, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm saying. Like, when I watch Indiana, Indiana got like four or five guys that like, 
they shaking their head like, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I like watching them. They are, they are my new team to watch right now. The thing about Indiana, amazing offensively. And as you yeah. said, when they, 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 they have a couple of guys that are ready to go. But then when they got to play on the defensive side of the court, yeah. it's a sh- show, Kevin. They let up 155 to Boston without Halliburton on the court, but 155 to Boston, it could have been more. Like, they took the starters out at the end of the third quarter. And so, like, I love watching Indiana play, and I love betting points on them. I love betting people are going to score both sides, but it sucks defensively, man. I just want some competitiveness. You know what I'm saying? I want to see... Uh, they're, they're what I expected Washington to be. Now, they play hard, though. I like watching... Listen, that, so, you're going to have tears, you know, some, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, I like how they compete as yes. young guys. Yeah. I love how they play together yeah. as young guys. I watched them play the Spurs. They were, you know, uh, Turner is motivated and more than any other big out here. Yeah. He, he protects the rim. He, like, I like their team. I like their they're team. They're exciting. I they're like very exciting to yes. watch. They're like the Kings to me. <laughs> I would not bet on them to win a game. I'd bet on them to score a lot of points. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm doing over and under with them. Nothing else. All right, so thoughts. The Wizards line from the other guy got some Pacer fans uh, upset, but KG giving some love. Come on. I think there's a lot Come of truth on. in that. Yeah. yeah, they're not a great defensive team. I, I couldn't agree more with Kevin Garnett, frankly. And, you know, when he watches a guy like Benedict Matherin, you know, he mentions Turner. Um, I, I think when you watch yeah. the Pacers, it is a fun, enjoyable product. It's not perfect, obviously, uh, but that is a team that I would enjoy watching. Defensively, certainly. They've got some issues on that end of the floor without question, but they play hard. Uh, they get up and down. Um, they're never really, I think, out of a game. Even when their second unit gets in there, you got guys that play hard. It's a younger group as well. Um, I, I can see why a guy like Kevin Garnett, given his style, would appreciate wa- watching the Pacers. So I was nodding my head at virtually yeah. everything that uh, both those guys said, but especially Garnett. Yeah, Garnett getting some love to the Pacers. You got to love that on a on a Monday morning. Come on, I forget how hate. I feel like he was pretty hated as a you know as a I don't know. I guess there wasn't like a ton of like Celtic uh, Pacer oh, no. moments. Oh no, KG was hated by a lot of fan yeah, bases. Yeah, I think it just no in general. Doubt. There's no doubt about it. Fan bases disliked him. Um, all right, on the other side, Bob Kravitz. We'll chat with him about a variety of topics. Haven't had Bob in a while. Uh, we'll chat with him next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? 
I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller. I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Reminder, you miss any of the shows here. You can catch out the podcast, 1075thefan.com. We appreciate Pacer head coach Rick Carlisle joining us earlier in the show. You heard the promo there for Jake Query and company coming your way at noon. JMV coming your way at 3 o'clock. All right, let's head on back to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Been a few weeks since we caught up with Bob Kravitz. You can now catch his stuff. Just type in bobkravitz.com. Bob, good morning. How are you today, sir? I am tremendous. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. You know, before we dive into cold stuff and, and Pacer stuff and college stuff, uh, I mean, you've been following sports for a long time, so I know you have to have at least a snarky opinion on 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 two things: the Jimbo Fisher firing and seventy six million dollar buyout, and then the "Woe is me, we're America's team" coming from Jim Harbaugh. You have to come on. You got to have something for us on that. I know you do. Everybody's a victim in this world. I'm telling you. I mean, the the sheer, sheer audacity of Jim Harbaugh to cheat or at least have somebody else cheat and then say that the world's against us and we're America's team, the audacity of that guy. Uh, as far as Jimbo Fisher goes, hey, look, you know, we saw IU spend a lot of money on Tom Allen. I'm not... I'm not feeling too sorry for Texas A&M. They got, they got plenty of cash. But I, when has Texas A&M ever been great? Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. We talked about when, this. When yeah. have they ever been great? I mean, they have their Johnny Manziel days, but otherwise, I don't remember them really being a, a, a national player, uh, an Alabama or Georgia or somebody like that. So I don't know what they expect, but. Yeah, I, I I don't have strong feelings about Jimbo, but don't get me going on Harbaugh. <laughs> Bob Kravitz, the new URL again. It's just bobkravitz.com, right, Bob? Yes, yes, I, I got that taken care of, and it's much simpler this way. I was going to say, go. 2023, getting that smooth URL. I like that. not a given, so great work. You didn't have to pay someone in China front. who owned bobkravitz.com <laughs> or anything like that? Good for you. Or maybe well, someone in New England, yes, probably. Set him $20,000 yeah. or something, yeah. Uh, the, I will say the uh, Indianapolis Star was nice enough. They they don't hold it against me. They were nice enough to uh, s- send the domain on over, so I appreciate that. that. Good work there, there from the Star. Again, Bob is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob, Colts are 5-5 five and five as we sit here heading into their bye week on November 14th. I would assume um, you did not expect that. Uh, when we get to January 14th, what will we be talking about with the Colts? Uh, well, I think we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, maybe seven wins, maybe maybe eight. Uh, did I see it coming? Hell no. I picked them to win three games. <laughs> I thought they were going to be grievously bad, uh, but they've, they've really uh, surprised me. The fact they've done it without their quarterback, without, you know, losing, losing Isaiah Rodgers, losing, not having uh, Jonathan Taylor early on, losing – Grover Stewart. I mean, they've done an amazing job. Now, granted, the schedule's been horrible. The teams they've beaten are a combined, I think, 18 and 
29. But, you know, you can only play who's in front of you. And that's why, you know, when they lost a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, this idea of the Colts being a big seller at the deadline, it didn't make sense to me because you had games coming up against Carolina and then New England and Germany, and two winnable games, you know, no matter who you are. And, I mean, I can't believe that we're still talking about meaningful football in uh, in mid-November. Uh, and that, it's surprising and it's great. What element, I guess, Bob, do you think has surprised you the most? I mean, you, you mentioned you weren't very high on the win total. Honestly, there's probably some people out there that thought – Minshew at the start of the year would lead you to more wins than Richardson if you were right, going to choose right. one or the other as a starter. So I guess what area or areas do you point to as the biggest surprises so far? Well, I, you know, it's funny. You go through all the areas. I mean, the offensive line we thought would be better, and they have been. The defense has been up and down. They had those three games in a row where they averaged giving up 38 a game, but otherwise they've been very good. Their pass rushes surprised me a little bit, although that's kind of a hit-and-miss proposition. Nothing has really surprised me a lot. It's just they've beaten some really garbage teams, um, which is not a surprise. But uh, I have a hard time thinking of what, what you know, I mean, I, I hope that, that Shaq Leonard would be further along at this point, and I, I don't think that he'll be back. But yeah, surprises. I'm I'm hard pressed to come up uh, with anything that makes sense. Bob Kravitz with us here. It's a wake up call on the fan on this Tuesday. Bob's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I was going to ask you about Gardner Minshew. We can get to him here in just a second. But you mentioned Shaq Leonard. You know, he had two weeks in a row where uh, he was very vocal with the media. We love that here. I'm sure uh, you did as well. It's always great when players are candid and they give you a really good quote. And he wanted to know why he wasn't playing. And then he went out there and whiffed on Zeke Elliott a couple t- uh, different times in that Patriots game. He had tackles but let's be honest uh, a shell of himself what do you make and again I'm with you I don't think he will be back next year what do you make of Leonard uh, talking the last two weeks having a rough game and kind of the next month month and a half uh, you know the Colts is kind of going to stay quiet I guess while Shaq Leonard complains about his playing time I, I you know I don't have a problem with guys complaining after they lose because you feel like you know there's more I could have done to have changed the outcome but when you win, shut up. You know, when you when you win a football game, don't don't spend your Thursdays with Shaq. Um, you know, com- complaining about your lack of playing time. Look, it's it's not a grand conspiracy. I can promise you that that Gus Bradley wishes the old Shaq was still around. He was a great player on a Hall of Fame trajectory, but he, as you said. He's a shell of him for himself. Now I'm not, I'm not counting him out uh, as far as his ability to come back at some point. I mean, we saw we see great athletes come back from these devastating injuries, not the least of which was Peyton Manning, who after his surgery couldn't throw the ball ten feet. You know, so I think there's still hope for him. But man, he better get it together quick. Again, Bob Kravitz is with us. The new URL, bobkravitz.com, uh, where you can find his work. Bob, it's two games, but is there any sort of panic meter for you with Mike Woodson's bunch this season? Yeah, I mean, they uh, 
Look, I mean, we we knew that they were going to struggle a little bit, and I mean, the the way I, you know, he had a quote after the game saying that he thought they played reasonably well against Army, and I'm like, Mike, what in the hell game are you watching? Uh, they were terrible. The one thing that concerns me is McBotman. I'm going to mispronounce his name. Mbako, uh, Mackenzie Mbako. I mean, this guy's a five star, and he has shown absolutely nothing in these first couple of games. Even even the preseason games uh, didn't do much. So I, I think they're a team looking look, looking for an identity. Uh, I think this is going to be the toughest coaching job yet for Mike Woodson. Uh, I'm not in full panic mode yet, uh, but, boy, these first couple of games have not been impressive. Would you have any advice on Purdue basketball fans on how to handle <laughs> the next five months until we get to mid-March? Yeah, drink heavily. Yeah, Start drink, now. Good. Drink, drink heavily, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's a weird deal for them. I mean – Like, they're ranked no number two what, in the land. They might win the Maui next week, like a loaded field. I mean, do do Purdue fans celebrate that, or in the back of their minds do they think, dear Lord, I can't uh, – that, that I, I need triple zeros against that 16 seed to show up ASAP. <laughs> I know. It, it's a hard way to – survive to really know is. that nothing you do during the regular season means anything. You can win the Big Ten by two, three games again. You can win the Big Ten tournament. If you don't get it done in March, nothing matters. And I, I remember after the, the uh, Boilers lost to uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, I called uh, Tony Bennett at Virginia. He didn't want to do an interview, but I I knew that he had reached out to to Matt Painter, and that's what you got to hope for is that this is one of those one of those Virginia type of deals where um, you know where, where they come back after the loss of the 16 seed and win a national title. They are. I'll tell you what, this Lance Jones changes a lot. Yeah, I like him. I don't know how you think? I I like his game. I, mean, I haven't seen much of Hyde and you know uh, the other, some of the other guys, but. Watching last night, I was really impressed by Lance Jones. Uh, I just want to go back to Indiana. I said this earlier, and Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob, I just I, I like their front court. I, I, I'm not saying they don't have a few players, but right now they are a five man team, maybe a six man team. They've had to go small with Gabe Cups, and that's just not going to work in the Big Ten and against you know UConn and legitimate competition. Their guard play's not good enough. I'm worried Indiana's not a tournament team. I don't mind saying it this early in the season. Their guards are not special. I think they're going to be on the edge. Now, I, th- I think that Xavier Johnson has a chance. I mean, I he basically, him and Trace got them into the NCAAs uh, two years ago with the way he played down the stretch. I still think Xavier Johnson, uh, if his head is right, is a really good college basketball player, but he hasn't shown it quite yet. Um uh, yeah, but their their guard play, their three point shooting. This Liam McNeely can't show up fast enough. Bob, uh, last one for me again. Bob Kravitz. Uh, you can find his work bobkravitz.com. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Um, I guess uh, you can go A, B, or C here. A, Shaq Leonard's back next year. B, Tom Allen's back. C, <laughs> they both are back. And I guess D. Now that I think about it, neither are back. D. Yeah, uh, I. Hmm. I you think IU is going to find the money for Allen? I think they're going to find the money. What What is the point? He'd basically be a lame duck. 
You know, it, it's like it's like even though it's not the last year of his contract, in all, it, it, it's going to be his last year unless he completely turns it around, which I don't see. But what's the point in keeping a coach who you know you're going to get rid of as soon as that, as soon as the uh, payout, the buyout uh, goes, you know, diminishes? So uh, that's a hard way to recruit. Uh, I, I, you know, if I'm a player, I'm like, this guy's not going to be here for very much longer. So I, I would find the money and get it done. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It'd be a total lame duck next year. Uh, even if he made a bowl, a six-game bowl, does that show an improvement? And he wouldn't make a bowl on top of that. Last one for me, BobKravitz.com. Uh, what interests you about the Pacers here the first couple weeks of the season? Some nice wins. Uh, obviously, a couple losses we saw. Uh, what happened in Philly on Sunday? Philly again tonight. Uh, but six and four, if they trend this way, they'll be no doubt a playoff team. What have you seen with them over the first couple weeks of the season? Uh, I'll say this. I love this team. I love the way they move the ball. Uh, I love their energy. But they are freaking dreadful on defense. I mean, they are dreadful. Um, and I don't know how much better they're going to get. I, this just may be kind of who they are. I am really curious to watch the game, I think it's tonight, uh, against Philly again and see what – I mean, look, there's no way they're going to stop Embiid. Embiid tortures uh, Miles Turner. But what are they going to do with Tyrese Maxey? I mean, there's got to be a better way. I, I thought they did some good things against Giannis late in the game, taking the ball out of his hands. Maybe that's something they got to consider with Tyrese Maxey. The problem there is you still got to deal with Embiid and a lot of other good players. But I, I think tonight's going to tell us a lot about, you know, which way this team is trending. Uh, defensively, they've just got to be better. I know they brought in Jim Boylan, who's a, who's a friend of mine, uh, and I hope they do better. But, boy, they're, they're hard to watch on the defensive end of the floor right now. The URL is pretty simple. It is just bobkravitz.com. You can find all the latest from his musings on that website. Bob, as always, man, thanks for the time, and uh, enjoy the Colts bye week. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. That's Bob Kravitz right there, Payless Slickers Hotline. Again, the name for me, if you're firing Tom Allen, I would legitimately go after Anton Randall. I know you've been consistent with that. I you give need you to credit. Do something outside the yeah, box. I'm, I, I, listen, I don't want to see it. retread. I don't want to see the hire of the Mac coach from Toledo or wherever. <laughs> um, former player, spark some interest. Uh, he's been on Dan Campbell's staff for the last few years. Do something a little bit outside of the norm. The only the only drawback to Randall L. And listen, there's no drawbacks I, at IU oh, football. I, <laughs> you know Let's what? You're right. There. Again, I don't care. The only drawback would be. When you get in business with with your friends and family, you know if Randall L doesn't work in a few years, you have to fire him and give him money. It's, but I mean, it's not I, like I mean, it's Peyton Manning. I, mean, I know, I understand, I understand. I, I'm with you. I like Sharon Moore, who who's you know who's the Michigan coach who coached uh, against Penn State, who he had the crying and everything. If you don't know who he is, I think he's a good coach. If you went like coordinator or young guy, if you went that route, right? Instead of uh, the one thing I would not do would be retread. The one thing I would not do would would be to bring in somebody who has had marginal success, who is a retread, uh, and quite frankly, someone who is older. So if I like those the two, the two names that we mentioned are not that guy, ladies and gentlemen. I you would like to introduce Jimbo Fisher. <laughs>
you get a bunch of five stars and still win only five games. I mean, Jimbo's just going to bask in that glory of seeing what he's reeling in on an annual basis, not to coach. You, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have legit concern about Indiana making the tournament. Is there guard? I mean, Xavier Johnson's a fine player, but you need guards I just, to, to win. And Gabe Cubs is nice, but is that going to work you know over a Big Ten that schedule? Would be not to make the NCAA tournament? I, I'm 68 just, of these teams get in. I've seen them twice this season. And have they been? Have they looked like an NCAA no, 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 tournament no, no, no. team? Like, I, I can perfectly acknowledge that. It, it honestly, my question to you comes more from the point of how embarrassing that would be. Oh, that, listen, I'm with you. Yeah, you know, with littered with you know five stars, this and NBA lottery picks, this and you know a six year point guard and I Trey Galloway's played in how many games and this and that. I mean, yeah, what is it? Three five stars in your starting lineup. You know, again, an all-conference point guard. Like, I and you know, look around the Big Ten early in the season. Andy, Michigan State loss, Ohio State loss, I know. Wisconsin Duke, loss, Duke lost at home already. You know, and I'm just focused on the Big Ten. Sure, Maryland's sure. lost a couple. Rutgers has lost. Like a lot of teams that you would put in the Big Ten NCAA tournament realm have lost games. Again, Indiana has not looked good, but you imagine. I I, I just don't know if I'm ready to go full there yet. There are definitely questions. But you've got to be so bad not to make the NCAA tournament in 2023. You do. I, I just, I'm worried. I think that's where I am. I, I'm not predicting them not to make it. Listen, before the season, my whole thing was, you know, and I know he's not, I know he's the most promoted, not the best, but like Joe Lenardi had them a week ago, uh, you know, had them, like a 10 seed ha- had them as a last four in. So right. you're looking at a 10, you're looking at a play in game, you're looking at something like that. And my point was, okay, don't be that. Go be a seven seed because right, right, right. In, you're in the 8-9, then you're facing a one seed and you get into that. Go be a seven seed. If you win a game, you're facing uh, you're facing a two seed. Uh, and, and, you know, I didn't think they would be scratching and clawing. I think they're more, and I think that's the point. I think they're more scratching and clawing than I thought. Does that make sense? I mean, you looked at Michigan last night. I mean, they beat Patino yeah, Mich- by like twenty last Michigan's night. Michigan's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Madison Square Garden last night. Still no Juwan Howard. An empty stadium. Sorry, Rick Patino. From that. I mean, but Martelli's a good coach. Some people think he's Our a better procedure. coach than, than Juwan Howard. I just, you know, you have the two. I mean, you're being Purdue twice. You did last year. Is that going to happen again? Uh, Michigan State on the schedule. UConn on the schedule. Auburn on the schedule. Uh, Michigan early. UConn's coming up next week. I mean, this is the this is the balance. I, you know, I faced or faced. I, I covered a team last year that was historically bad in Louisville. And one of the things that that a bunch of homers did was they complained. Well, you know, this non-conference schedules is too difficult. You know, they went to Maui and they got blown out, and it was it was that. And so when you schedule well in the non-con, which Mike Woodson is trying to do more of, you're going to open yourself up to losses. And UConn and Kansas and perhaps Auburn are all going to be losses. Well, you can look at it that way. You can also look at it as they are opportunities, too. Sure. And they're not bad losses. If you you pick off one of them, that looks great on your resume once you get to March. Hey, look in the non-conference when, you know, on a neutral floor, beat Team X with that They just have to have some of these extra pieces have to step up. And, like, I analyzed this team that where was going to be good, 
that Malik Renu was going to be good, and they've been good, right? And Ware's been great. You you could make the argument through two games, and that Xavier Johnson was going to be a solid player. And I think all three of those things have absolutely happened. Trey Galloway hasn't stepped up, had five points the other night. He's got to be better. He's not option five anymore. He's option two or three at times. Um, and, and, you know, Gabe Cups is fine. Let's move him aside. But, you know, Mackenzie and Baco... The whole point of getting a five-star and putting the full-court press and getting him from Duke and beating out, you know, three, four other teams, Adidas teams, to get him was, you know, he was going to be a difference maker. He can't be benched in the second half of games. I mean, that's just not part of the thing. So if Mackenzie Mbako comes back and becomes a 13 points a game, active player, team player, absolutely a starter I can get with it but they're gonna need some of these other guys Walker Banks Gunn somebody else is gonna have to step up and say yeah I can play 18 to 21 minutes a game that's not a problem CJ Gunn just from his scoring output and what he did in high school the ability to fill it up um boy he would be so critical because I think it's more guard related you know you, you feel good about your front court um honestly you're probably almost too big in your front court it's more that guard and wing area of okay who is going to rise up and, and, you know, Galloway, I think, has proven throughout his career, he's probably not going to be, you know, whatever, 14 a night, 16 a night, however you want to describe it. You know, can C.J. Gunn give you a little bit more for uh, Indiana? I, I asked the question a little bit more from just the stunning discussion if you get to March and in year three of a season I know. when you added I know. so much fanfare to it, the possible discussion of not making the, the tournament. And, and on the one thing I'll add, on the Purdue front, I think I mentioned this earlier in the week because you, you, you fall into this trap, Andy and I. You know, as an Notre Dame football fan, my hand is fully raised for this. It's like, what are you cheering for at this point of the season? I'm like, no, I still care about them beating Wake Forest and Stanford. And in a way, I feel like that's a little bit like you know how I hear some of this reaction from Purdue fans. And honestly, it might be more of like Indiana fans talking about Purdue fans, where they're like, <laughs> hey, nothing matters till March. Yeah, right. Well, like, that's part of it. Who yeah. cares if you win? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like celebrate some of these moments. Like when they won in Portland, what was it, last year or two years ago? I'm like, that's a hell of an accomplishment beating, what was it, like West Virginia, Duke, and Gonzaga, you know, three games in four nights. I think they're going to be, what, first, second in the Big Ten? Right. right? I like, mean, they're that, not going to be fifth like, in the Big me, Ten. like, that's like what you should be celebrating. Like, you can celebrate that along the way. And then obviously when you get to March, the stakes rise. Uh, but yeah, to me, uh, you know, fandom, that would just be such a miserable experience. Not to yeah, enjoy some, that. Some and, people, and again, that's probably a lot more of Indiana fans describing <laughs> Purdue fans. Mark, help me here. Anything. KB doesn't live in misery. Uh, no, he lives uh, in Indiana, uh, not Missouri. Uh, others, oh, misery. Uh, I like that. Others, that's a good joke. Others I, of us live, fandom live misery in misery. Yeah, others of us live in misery. I'm not saying I live in misery, but at times I've been known to live in misery. Okay, Mark lives in misery with his Chicago Bears. Yes. I'm trying to look at it like, oh, I can get the first or second pick now and not live in misery. They're the reason I drink is the Bears. <laughs> I wouldn't have touched a beer ever if it wasn't for them. By the way, the fun part about Purdue is you, you face some of these teams, Maui, Alabama, Arizona and then the Big Ten slate like those are like to me yes you're right you win the Big Ten be a 1C be a 2C whatever it may be but you get to face like legit teams in the non-con and it's like fun as hell that if you lose a game it doesn't matter but it's also like a marquee game on the schedule like it's fun right yeah yeah. I mean, like, like Indiana's going to be scratching and crawling per, you know Purdue Purdue and Arizona is not going to be that F- or Gamebridge Fieldhouse that's a fun game in mid-December you get press pass to that one to celebrate go. and again I don't know if this matters but I've always kind of been a little bit 
of a believer, and obviously Notre Dame basketball has not been in this position very often, but you know the first two rounds of the tournament, you will have two teams um, slotted into the Midwest Indianapolis you know pod, right. which is at Gamebridge Fieldhouse for the first couple of rounds. Purdue played there last year against Davidson. Purdue's playing there this year against Arizona. Obviously, you have guys that have played in that venue on their roster a whole lot, either in the college careers or the high school careers. Certainly, Purdue would have a massive fan base uh, in that building for their first and second round games. That's also something that I think you are playing for as well. Selfishly, travel-wise, logistically, or just, again, a little bit of familiarity with being in that arena. And I, I don't think it's too early to ever look at that. I mean, just quickly looking at it, Indiana right now is 61 in the Kempom. That's one spot ahead of Butler. I'm shocked they're that high. <laughs> I am too. They're they're wedged between Boise State and Butler. That's what Indiana is right now. I just I'm just saying I'm worried after those two games. I, I thought there'd yeah, be Yeah, worry is fine. Yeah, and, I, and I and I am probably with you on the worry level. It's just shocking to even like think about that discussion in March. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean it is. Yeah, I, I mean... And it, by, by the way, I'm curious to see Butler on Friday against Michigan State. They've beat up on some cupcakes here early, but I felt like last year they didn't even beat up on cupcakes. So is that legit? Is it the Big East will prove that Butler is still a bottom feeder? Curious to see a very, very new-look Thad Mata team Friday in East Lansing. Uh, just quickly, last thing on Indiana. The one thing they have working for them, and, and I mean this, this is not trolling, I mean this, is they're going to win some games at home. Because of that home court advantage, I think. Yeah, listen, they've lost heartbreakers at home. Yeah, you go back to last year. A huge yeah, I mean, but yeah. I'm I'm just saying when teams walk in there. Yeah, but the resume Indiana, needs more than that. I, I, I would agree, but I'm just saying when we talk about uh, where they can capture some wins, like I don't think they're going to beat Purdue this year. They always lose at Wisconsin, but I think those some of those teams come into Assembly Hall. I mean, they will get they will get some of those. That's how they will make the tournament. KB is they will be able to collect three, four quality, quality wins. Uh, and I think I just think it's something that we are going to be talking about for the entire season with them. Is you know if you think they're a ten seed, that's going to be a team that you know, a winner, a win or a loss here or there. That's how you make or that's how you miss the NCAA tournament when you're when you're that far down. Literally and figuratively, a big injury to watch tonight for Pacers and Sixers. We'll lead off the morning checkdown with that. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, Joel Embiid is on the injury report for tonight. That is a hip injury. He is listed as questionable. It goes without saying how vital uh, his presence will be for this matchup and how much Miles Turner is probably hoping that it is not Joel Embiid tonight against the Pacers. It's a 7 o'clock tip. It's probably worth noting. Uh, the Sixers do play tomorrow in a nationally televised back-to-back against the Celtics. So, you know, what matters more? In-season tournament, nationally televised Celtics game. Tonight's the in-season tournament, or at least it's game two of that. Um, so, obviously a big injury to watch throughout the day. Pacers right now a five-and-a-half-point underdog as they take on the Sixers. And again, for betting purposes, that over-under is 240-and-a-half. So if Embiid plays tonight... I like a Pacers you might, cover. Yeah, you might want to look at that. Well, parlay him together, and there you go. Uh, Monday Night Football, Week 10 of the NFL season in the books. Broncos winners, 24-22. The game had everything. Turnovers, a miss last second field goal, a big penalty, and then Will Lutz had a second chance at a field goal, a 36-yarder for the win. Here's how it sounded on KOA. For the win... 
Lutz kicks it on the way, and it is good! The Broncos can celebrate because they have come to Buffalo and upset the Bills by a final score of 24 to 22. I don't know if that's a great call. I need a little bit more excitement there, right? <laughs> well, they had uh, just missed the yeah, first just, field goal. I know, yeah. <laughs> and they got a mulligan there. <laughs> could have got like, that sound. I uh, feel like both teams would have been like, did we deserve to win that game? Boy, I tell you, though, the, field. the Bills losing that game, the Bills losing that that's Jets a big game. Loss for the Bills. With, the Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers going down, they lost to the Jets defense and Zach Wilson, and then at home to the Broncos. Those two are absolutely going to haunt them. Uh, the Bills now 5-5 five and five on the season. Sean Payne and the Broncos up to 4-5. and five on the season. Not too early to look ahead. Uh, week 11, Bengals-Ravens. That's your Thursday game. That's going to be a good one. And by the way, with the Bengals losing and the Ravens giving away uh, that win, that, that this this game matters on Thursday. This isn't the Bears or the Giants or Jets playing. The Broncos crew was shook also because how many botched special teams plays <laughs> oh were out on the Broncos last night? They couldn't <laughs> yeah. get a kickoff. That's, oh yeah, the extra point make a fiasco kick. they had there. Again, Josh Allen, just Ooh. hero ball not going well. Russell Wilson actually looked pretty good in that one, so uh, as the standings look heading into week 11, you have teams 3 through 14 in the AFC separated by two games. It is quite the jumbled playoff picture. Uh, last night at West Lafayette, it was Purdue 83-71 over Xavier in that matchup. Xavier hung around for, uh, I would say, about 30-ish minutes. Purdue was always kind of having a multiple possession lead, though. Braden Smith. Had a big sequence, couple pull-up jumpers, big assist for a three by Ethan Morton. That put the game on ice. Zach Eady misses his, his first four shots from the field and ends the game with 28-11-4. <laughs> I think for Pacers, I think for Purdue fans, enjoy him. Oh, hell yeah. Enjoy, what, you talk I, about the season, enjoy him. I have a very nerdy Indiana basketball comment, and that is the state of Indiana basketball comment about watching Purdue play. Okay. They do such a great job, and it doesn't matter who it is, of actually throwing the ball to Zach Eady. And I know that sounds like super elementary and like very nerdy, but all of their guys are like so committed to like, no, 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 we're going to throw it to him. And just because it didn't work the first two times we threw it to him in the possession, right. we're throwing it to him again. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, how many times did We're like, not going to forget about him. Have you sure. seen teams that forget about the big guy? Sure. Yeah, you're right. I'm with you. And great things happen, of course, when you continue to feed him. So uh, Purdue now uh, 3-0 and on the year, I believe, maybe 4-0. Uh, they are off to Maui, 3-0 on the year. And it is a loaded field in Hawaii coming up. It'll be Gonzaga on Monday for the Boilers, Tennessee and Syracuse. Uh, they will get either the winner or loser of that, depending on the, if they win. And on the other side of the bracket, you've got Kansas and Marquette. All right, one other one. Uh, let's play clip five here. Uh, oh, yeah, we will. You, you ready for this? Uh-huh. Uh, so, actually, you want to play both? You want to play... Mark sounds pumped up for this. Yeah, okay. So, um, Council was was introduced as the Cubs manager yesterday. Uh, I don't know if... I don't, again, I don't know how much we care about that. But Craig Greatly. Council... Uh, was lathered up. I, I it, was late picking up my daughter from school. <laughs> and he was, he was asked about, you know, were you surprised at the Brewers and all these people calling you a traitor and, you know, being, you know, relatively unhappy with your move? Here's what he had to say. I didn't really see it like that. I maybe underestimated that part of it, frankly. Um... You know, I, I I was looking at it maybe as as from a challenge perspective, from growth perspective. So there you go, Kevin. He underestimated the hate that would be there as he moved. The guy riding ass uh, on from, his from, park. Yeah, Central. Going and to that one was team to the Joel Cubs. Harrison, or we haven't confirmed <laughs> that. 
And well, the way he was on with us last week, I wouldn't be surprised if that was him. If he went to the Ace, Ace Hardware and got some spray paint out. I, I did see. There it is. Part of me wants to like rip Mark for this, and then I'm like, wait, I had my shirt off when Michael Shrewsbury was hired by Notre Dame last year. And that means they're spending big, I hope. Shohei Otani. That'd be nice. <laughs> okay, oh, pretty set, good. Set, 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 settled, how many MLB settled, teams? Pretty settled nice. down Well, now. not the Reds. The Reds aren't in there. Not uh, the Reds. No, no, yeah. not at all. Or the Brewers, for that matter. Uh, Champions Classic tonight from the United Center. I feel like for a lot of people, this is kind of the college basketball kickoff. Agreed. It'll be Michigan State and Duke at seven. Both those teams have already lost home games. This season, Duke a slight favorite in that one. And then the late, late one, number one, Kansas and Kentucky. Again, Indiana plays Kansas uh, later this year in Bloomington. Uh, Kansas a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the number 17th-ranked Wildcats. Yeah, I'm going to go Michigan State plus the number, one th- uh, plus three-and-a-half. I'm going to go Michigan State to win that game. I think Tom Izzo outcoaches Shire. And then I'm going to go, I guess I would go Kansas in the cover, but I think I like Hunter Dickinson's over 17-and-a-half. Kentucky has no bigs right now, none. I mean, they have no bigs. Uh, so I think Dickinson can go, you know, get the ball to him in the post. We mentioned that with Edie. I think I'd go his over and then DJ Wagner. Wagner ten and a half. I think I might go his over as well. So there you oh, go. you're getting deep into some of the props. Is that an unofficial here on Sweeney six well, I mean, what was that? What else? Tuesday what else do night, I have dude? to do on a Tuesday night? Well, you do that. Pacers <laughs> Sixers. Like, I'm hungry. Why yeah, I'm hitting it, yeah. this over? And again, two forty and a half on the Pacers. So you know where? Which way I'm going with that too? All right, pop quiz is next. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. Give us a call for the pop quiz. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Uh, okay, so <laughs> looking at the pop quiz, our guy Scotty is out this week, Kevin. Right. And so I totally forgot. So Mark Dykton is the hero today to put this together. We'll have to all pitch in the rest of the week. But I wrote it in crayon. Uh, yes, you Mark, did. great work. But also that means that there's no, you know, this day in 1932 baseball history. No. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I, I kind of think. modern day questions. Yeah, I kind of think you might have a better chance 
this week to get the winner before the freebie on a Friday, right? Unless or you, think- you were literally born yesterday, these are all 2023 questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, I mean, there are a couple that are going to say, like, <laughs> wait, what? That's the answer for that one. But nonetheless, Mark, thank you very much uh, for the pop quiz. Uh, a number one through eight, I guess maybe we should ask Mark to pick. Yeah, I'm fine with uh, that. There's three of us in the studio. Number three, uh, Kevin. Kevin! No. How about that? Kevin, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How you guys doing? Good. Have you always liked your name? I have, yes, sir. Yeah, I feel like I would. Uh, I would agree with that. You never thought about changing it, or maybe well, just going by. Uh, nowadays, you can change a lot of things. Uh, yeah, you. Could- <laughs> Kevin, who's the greatest <laughs> Kevin athlete of all time? Oh man, that's tough. Euclid. Is it Euclid? Well, Kevin <laughs> Willis. Kevin for Garnett. For, for, well, yeah, Garnett's a good one. Kevin Garnett would be going. For some reason, the first one that popped in my head was Kevin Brown, the pitcher. Ooh. Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar with the Red Sox. <laughs> oh, boy, you're really going back there. Kevin Pillar had some just outstanding catches back in the day. Gosh, I'm trying to think of, like, I, I don't know. Are, are there any NFL good Kevins out there? I, I Nobody's coming to mind, oh, do they? No one's coming to mind. Kevin Garnett's the winner. It's got to be. He's a Hall of Famer. Come on. Yeah, it's got to be. Kevin Kev- O'Connell. Kevin Garnett. Oh, the Vikings coach, right? Mm-hmm. Is he coach of the year right now? Maybe. Would Shane Steichen be on a short list? I think he would be on the list. Domingo Kevin Byard. That's on another there. one. Kevin Byard, yeah. What about Kevin Dyson? Was Kevin Dyson who caught the Music City Miracle? Was yeah, that him? Good call. For Kevin, the Kevin, uh, Kevin White, that bust of a Bears wide oh, receiver. Oh, yeah, out of West Virginia. Yeah. Kevin, what, uh, what what part of town you live on? I'm from Crawfordsville. Nice. Did you go to the Monon Bell on Saturday? I did not. Mm. Nope. Heard it was a tough loss for the Little Giants. Double OT. His first double o, first overtime game in the history of Wabash. I could not That's believe amazing. that. I, I could not believe that when I saw that. Mark, we're having DePaul's coach on Thursday. Thursday right? at 945. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Um, I guess we should involve Mark, right? I mean, he's the one that created the pop And I did all the heavy lifting. You yeah, guys if you guys do it. I mean, if he wants to ask all five, if we cool. want to rotate, I mean, you guys. It's going a nice circle I'm good in here. Mark Dykton, lead off with your own pop quiz. All right, Kevin. The Broncos top the Bills. Oh, my God. Kevin Durant. I mean, how dumb are we? I can't believe we missed <laughs> Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah. The number one player. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos <laughs> top the Bills 24-22 in last night's Monday Night Football matchup. Who was the leading rusher in last night's game with 109 yards? Javante Williams, James Cook, Latavius Murray, or Josh Allen? Uh, the first one. Javante Williams. Would you like another guess? Oh... This guy's got a brother that's a pretty good running back as well. Or I should say maybe has been a pretty good running back. What was the last one? James Cook, Latavius Murray, or Josh Allen? Latavius Murray. My excuse on not mentioning Durant would be as so many burner accounts. I'm unsure of exactly (laughs) if his name is Kevin Kevin Love, Kevin McHale. What do you go with there, Latavius Murray? Yes. Yes, sir. Cut. Uh, Andy, you want to throw number two? Yeah, let's go. The Pacers uh, take on the Sixers tonight, who have an NBA best record at 8-1 Do the Philadelphia 76ers. Who owns the worst record in the league? Is it the Pistons, the Wizards, the Grizzlies, the Utah Jazz? It's got to be the Grizz. Mm. Without John ja Morant, well, he still has, what, maybe 15 games left? Suspension. He had 25 game suspension, right? Where does Jaden Ivey play? 
The Detroit Pistons. The Detroit hmm. Pistons. All right, Kevin, number three here. Who is the best record in the NHL right now? Are you a hockey guy? I am definitely not. <laughs> is it the Avalanche, the Rangers, the Bruins, and the Star or the Stars? Don't overthink it. The city's football team stinks. Well, you could go a lot of different directions with that one. I was about to say, we talk about the Giants here. Got to be the Rangers, then. (laughs) Mark just led you right down that path there. Just throw a softball up there, boys. (laughs) All right, well, here's one. Who leads the NFL in passing yards through the first 10 weeks of the season? Tua Tagovailoa, Jared Goff, CJ Stroud, or Sam Howell? One of these things former college isn't like de- the other. Former college teammate of Josh Downs. Sam Howell. All right, last one. Purdue moved to 3-0 and last night with their 83-71 win over Xavier. Two other teams are 3-0 and in the Big Ten so far. Name them. I'll give you a hint. One played last night. One played and obviously one last night. I got. I have no clue. It's too early. Name a random Big Ten school. <laughs> Nebraska. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> you shot that one from Attica, Indiana, uh, to make fantastic. that. Like the Undertaker in the coffin. He just rose he up. He did. Tremendous. He really did. Kevin, do you like that Wabash is in Crawfordsville? Like, do you enjoy living in a town with a college? Absolutely. 100%. I do a lot for the community. Yeah. I always thought that that'd be kind of interesting, especially a little bit of a smaller town and not, you know, whatever, IUPUI or Butler here in Indianapolis. Boy, that was a hell of a heave he threw up there for number five. Mm -hmm. Is Fred Hoiberg still around? Oh, yeah, he's coaching. He's somewhere. Hang on. Well, isn't he? he Not wearing a necktie, though. Still at Nebraska? Yeah. I'm thinking he was there. Yeah, since 2019, he's still there. All right, uh, the effort from Kevin, a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, I'm trying to think of the ones he got right. He got Pistons right, Hardest man. Boy, that's an odd way to say that. Yeah, he got number two right. It's a Uh, show, Kevin. (laughs) He got four right with Sam Howell. (laughs) That is correct. Not only Nebraska at 3-0, but Michigan as well at 3-0. Two and three, though. No, one and three were the misses there. Mark, you led him a little astray on number three. I did, yeah. I, I forgot how much garbage football teams there are in the towns I listed. But yeah, it's actually it's actually the Boston Bruins at eleven and one. Yeah, the Boston in the NHL's eleven and one. I think the Rangers are like nine and one or ten and one or nine and two. So I think they're second, which is not a bad guess, but it's wrong. Uh James Cook, by the way, for number one. That the, was the one that the wildest stat I found was that Sam Howell is leading the NFL in passing yards at 2,783. That and, is wild. And nobody cares. I've got him as a backup <laughs> in one of my fantasy leagues. And, you know, you obviously see the like the projections each week oh, for sure. what the guy yeah, yeah. is supposed to get. And in the last couple of weeks, I found myself all of a sudden being like, that has to be a misprint for Sam Howell. Like, I haven't thought about playing him one moment. I think two was my starter in that league. So obviously, just roll with two every week. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. They are predicting Sam Howell to have that many points? Is that a, It's got to be a misprint. Yeah, and they have the Giants this week. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not thinking the Commanders so, are like you know. throwing up big offensive numbers no, or anything like no, that? No, no, no. You're not seeing Terry McLaurin have huge games, like 
incredibly huge games. It's kind of wild that he's leading the, he, he the entire league. He fell in the draft. What was that? Round? Uh, I'm going to guess round five for Sam Howell? Oh, boy. Did, did I'd he, have to look that, that up. Far? I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I do not know, but he did fall a little bit. I, I still, I mean, that's fine that he's leading the NFL in, in passing. I, I don't know what I don't know what that means. Like, is that a is that a skewed number because they don't run the ball as much? Is that skewed because I mean they do have a good wide receiving crew? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with that. They're not a winning team, right? They are so obscure. You know, I, I, yeah, that that's how I viewed it. It's like that's good. Yeah, he was pick one forty four round five. Is where uh, is where he ended up. The poor B- the Bills limping out Latavius Murray. Still, <laughs> he actually looked good last <laughs> night. He always looks good. No, Latavius Murray is going to run till he's forty years old. He's going to be like Adrian Peterson was. You know, I was like, ah, see, he, he got four yards of carry. Whatever. That's he's shot. like Legarrette Blunt. Legarrette yeah. Blunt was sticking around for a while, and you're like, yeah, he's just a big dude that just bowls people. Well, over. how about uh, don't they have Leonard Fournette? I could have sworn I saw yeah. him on the bench last yeah, night. They, they signed him a couple weeks he's ago. He's like on the practice squad. Or yeah, something? they signed him a couple weeks ago. Well, he's playoff Lenny. They were going to get Great him ready. Yeah. They were going to get him ready, and then week you know thirteen or so, you start to get him part of the offense. The problem is you they're not going to go the playoffs. I still think the Bills make the playoffs. I I would agree. I know that schedule is brutal. I just think the AFC North is going to beat each other up. Like right now, you've got all these AFC North teams in it, and I can't see, I mean, even three AFC North teams would be a lot. I mean, no way they're getting all four. Honestly, the Colts and the Texans are sitting in a decent spot there. Man, the Colts could have beat the Browns. I know. If that they call easily at the could have, I know, I know, they I, lost I know the, the Patriots. The, the, well, the Ravens game. Well, yeah, you look at the Patriots I mean, game. You look at the Ravens game. Carolina. If they don't have two pick sixes, I mean, I know we can do a I lot know of what ifs. That game a lot, but yeah, it's hard for me to totally go down that path. All right, uh, we'll do it one final time here. It is a wake up call with KB and Andy on a beautiful. End. Yeah, so just looking at ESPN.com during the break. Uh, by the way, great show today. If you miss any, Bob Kravitz, Rick Carlisle, any of our conversation on the Pacers, Colts, Hoosier, uh, Hoosiers, Purdue, catch it 1075thefan.com. Download the app. Take us wherever uh, you may be in the uh, the state, the country. We got you covered, 1075thefan.com. You know, KB, ESPN, they do these things. You know, I mean, you'll have, you'll have all these different lists and everything as we sit here uh, during the season. So they did one early positional needs for AFC and NFC teams, okay? Oh Where do you think they went with the Colts? Where they do you think they went? went? in some order, I would hope, wide out, pass rusher, corner. Uh, they went, they just give you one position. Oh, they just went, one. Yeah, they went wide receiver okay. because you don't know what's going to happen with Michael Pittman. Uh, you know, they don't use the, the, the franchise tag a lot. What would that mean if they did? And are they going to give him a new deal, whatever may happen with Pittman? So that's there. Uh, it says the Colts are tied. Tied for 24th with five wide receiver touchdown catches this season. Would Indy bring in a Mike Evans-type pass catcher for quarterback Anthony Richardson or perhaps a top-tier prospect like Malik Nabbers, uh, Neighbors from LSU or Donnie Mitchell from Texas? Sounds like the perfect question to throw D- Dane Brugler's way tomorrow, right? Yes. So uh, NFL draft analyst Dane Brugler going to be joining us tomorrow. I always kind of like to do that during the bye week. You know, no matter what your team's record is, I think it's nice to kind of get a little early glimpse into what the draft looks like, especially where where you are at with the Colts. And, you know, whatever happens the rest of the way happens this season, Andy. But, you know, the Colts, this is much more of a long-term view with it, and they are still multiple pieces away from, I think, being a true sort of playoff-type team. So 
curious on that. I, I probably side a little bit more towards the no on the Mike Evans and make the big or spl- bigger splash at some point receiver-wise. I, I, boy, I, I still lean edge rusher. I, and I know. think some of it has to I, do I with the scarcity of that position in regards to wideout in the draft, but this team just lacks the explosive edge rusher. And if that guy's sitting there in the middle of round one, and again, this is coming from someone, Andy, that has been screaming and yelling for a wideout, and I will continue to scream and yell for a big move at that position, but I'm also going to scream and yell maybe even a little bit louder for an edge rusher. Yeah, I think if you sign Pittman... To me, you can get a wide receiver a little bit later. That's not a first-round thing for me. You would focus on a bigger need like pass rusher, like an edge. Uh, there, you know, I don't even know if tight end at Bowers. If you if you fell in the draft, if Bowers would be more available. Are you a need guy or are you a best available guy? Best available at your biggest positions of need. Can I combine the both? <laughs> okay, so it's Marry kind of a sellout, both. but it's probably oh, true. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I agree, sellout, but... If the best player available is a freaking quarterback, right. you know, or a running back, I'm not taking that. If the best player available, though, is at a position of need? Sure. Oh, yeah. Mark, I am seeing a lot of... Uh, I am seeing a lot of... A couple mock drafts, a little Drake May to the mm-hmm. Bears okay. instead of Caleb Williams. Do you care about that at all? Uh, let's or are you see. just like, give me one of them and we'll, well figure it out? J- Justin Fields has seven games left to see what he can do. I hope he plays great. I hope he makes him have a hard decision at the end of the year. But, I mean, I'm kind of hoping for some... Pass rush help, some offensive line help, maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr. to pair with DJ Moore. That would be pretty nice, I'd say. But you got two draft picks to play with. Give me either or. We will confirm this with Dan Brugger when he joins us tomorrow at 830. An NFL draft analyst from The Athletic. I believe he has Drake May above Caleb Williams on his and he's not early alone. board. Yeah, and he's, I think he's not alone. a little bit more of that chatter than uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, the national perception per se is. All right, I'm hammering the Pacers in the points tonight. Uh, I'll go with the over. I'll go with Hunter Dickinson's over. I'll go with DJ Wagner's over. That's what I... I think Michigan State wins tonight, too. So you know who to fade, me. A Tuesday night you know who to fade. Jenner gambling. And Joel Embiid, questionable for tonight. Our coverage will begin at 6.30. We'll keep you updated all throughout the day. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the nice weather. Uh, Dane Brugler, tomorrow we'll chat with you then.